This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Sid, King Charles III has been diagnosed with cancer. Buckingham Palace did not disclose the type of cancer. Officials say it was discovered during Charles' scheduled treatment for an enlarged prostate. The revelation came just one week after the 75-year-old king was discharged from the hospital where he underwent treatment for a benign enlarged prostate. During that procedure, the palace says, a separate issue of concern was noted. Subsequent diagnostic tests have identified a form of cancer. His Majesty today commenced the schedule of regular treatment treatments. He's been advised to postpone public facing duties. Right right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. I was in, I was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, why, why, how, how long are you back for? Nikki Haley's presidential campaign says she's launching a new phase of her campaign focused directly on our home state of South Carolina. New campaign, a great day in South Carolina, will highlight her record as governor there while also jabbing back at frontrunner Donald Trump. It might be an important move for her as a new poll from Monmouth University and the Washington Post shows Haley trailing in her home state with 58% of Republican primary voters there supporting Donald Trump. On Saturday, Mr. Speaker, you proposed a new standalone aid package to provide funding for Israel. It, of course, comes just hours before the Senate is set to unveil the details, the text of its border deal, which would also include funding for Israel and Ukraine. You just heard Jake call it a ploy, a political stunt. Why not wait for the Senate to put out their bill first? Well, let's make a couple of things clear here, Kristen. You know, we passed the support for Iran uh, many months ago, three months ago. Uh, Immediately after I became speaker, we sent the necessary resources there. We passed our bill on border security nine months ago. It's been sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk collecting dust ever since. The H.R. 2, which is our, our signature bill right out of the beginning, right out of the blocks for the House Republican Conference and our Republican majority, would have solved this problem. We would resolve the asylum, the broken asylum system and the broken parole system. We would uh, reinstitute Remain in Mexico, which would stem the flow by probably 70 percent. We would end the, the catch and release, the, the release, the mass releases of illegals into our country that's happened. This border is out of control. All these problems have mounted, and the Senate has been dithering ever since. We cannot wait anymore. The reason we are going to send the new Israel package over is because the time is urgent, and we have to take care of that responsibility. The crime ring targeting people across the city. Police say it all starts with criminals on scooters who steal people's cell phones and then hack into them to get access to their banking apps. Security footage showing one incident where a suspect on a scooter grabs a victim's bag and drags him down to the sidewalk. The investigation led to a raid and several arrests in an apartment in Allerton in the Bronx. More arrests are expected, but so far seven arrests and three more people identified the police want to bring into custody. 
Videos from NYPD show suspects working in pairs on mopeds, tugging at a dolphin, knocking over unsuspecting victims to wrestle free iPhones, bags, and wallets. Police officers accompanied by Mayor Eric Adams made multiple arrests in an apartment at 2970 Bronx Park East. Described as a stash house or headquarters for a wide-ranging multi-borough cell phone robbery operation connected to more than half a dozen suspects, many of them migrants, according to police. The small number of people are breaking the law and having a huge impact on our public safety. And that is why we zeroed in on them. This administration, the police department, we've always talked about welcoming asylum seekers. But once you start robbing people and stealing from them, your status is criminal and you'll be treated as such. Suspects arrested in the overnight Monday raid and evidence recovered. Other suspects believed to be connected to the same ring were arrested over the weekend. Investigators say the suspects grabbing phones because they're attracted to payment apps, including Apple Pay. Detectives said suspects used credit cards linked to the phones. More arrests are expected. Some Bronx residents said this worries them, especially for their most vulnerable loved ones and neighbors. I'm very scared. And my mother, she's right there. And it's very scary for the older people, too. It's not right what they're doing. House Republicans start marking up articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. The argument is over high crimes and misdemeanors. That's the constitutional bar for impeachment, whether it's for a president, a federal judge, or in this case, a cabinet secretary. The House last impeached a cabinet secretary 148 years ago. This is what's going to happen. The House of Representatives is going to impeach Secretary Mayorkas, and there is absolutely nothing anyone can do to stop it. That's going to happen. She's uh, she's unbelievable. She's uh, she's rewriting the history books herself. Uh, I told her I'll have to hold up my end of the bargain and come home with some hardware, too. I mean, I, I don't know if I brought too much to the game. I think I, I just go out there and have fun. You know, um, Taylor has an unbelievable fan base that... Uh, that follows her and supports her throughout her life. And uh, it's been fun to kind of gather the Swifties in the Chiefs' kingdom and uh, open them up to uh, the, the football world, the sports world. And it's been cool to just experience all that. Ah, that's a good one. Um, right now, I'd probably say anti, anti-hero just because I hear it every single day. I mean, the bottom line is, like, life isn't about you. Like, that's what I believe, you know. Um, being a part of something bigger than yourself, um, you know, you get wrapped up in... Getting all the glory and the fame and the status, it's, I feel like that's a shallow life and um, that, that can you know, fade away pretty quickly. So for me, it's, you know, obviously, yeah, we're playing the Super Bowl. I'm very honored and thankful. I want to win a championship for this organization. But more than anything, I'm, you know, trying to just serve my guys on this team well and, and love on them well and the whole organization and everyone in my life. That's, that's how I view it. Sid is among the most important defenders of Israel and the Jewish people today. And his defense could not come at a more appropriate time and in a more appropriate setting. Sid's audience, and he's so effective with his audience, are ordinary folks, everyday folks. They're not the fancy academics. They're not necessarily the members of Congress. They're the voters. They're people, many of them, with open minds. And they're people who don't know a lot about the Middle East. His recent trip to the Middle East was so educational and so informative to so many people. Too alarming now. Talk 
from Wembley Stadium in London, England. Here's some more of this. Lou Rufino, my hero, live, Foo Fighters, early on a Tuesday morning. That was a long open, about seven minutes, but there's a heck of a lot going on put together in brilliant fashion, as always, by the great executive producer who celebrated his 28th birthday yesterday, my man Justin Ellick, Alan Dershowitz, the greatest constitutional attorney of all time, 85 and uh, doing great down in Florida as we speak, Alan, put together that, uh, that sound, the end of the open, congratulating me on the Israel trip, and... Really, that's part of a much larger video that we are going to play on Saturday night at the Fifth Avenue Synagogue when I'm being honored. Really unbelievable. They're giving me the Guardian of Israel Award, which, what can I say? I'm I'm actually running out of room in my house between the awards I've won this year from the police department, the DEA, now, this Israel stuff, this is uh, now three dinners, I found out yesterday, three coming up in the not-so-distant future. They're going to honor me for something. This is a big one, though. Fifth Avenue Synagogue, this Saturday night, Guardian of Israel. And for folks that can't make it, they're actually cutting videos like Alan Dershowitz did there that we're going to play. 
I swear to God, Mark Levin's cutting a video, maybe Trump. You believe this, Lewis? Hello, everyone. This is Mark Levin. My friend Sid Rosenberg has been a proponent of justice for the Jewish people for the last five, six months. That is ahead. that is a great Mark Levin. I, 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 you give him all of my due respect. I'm with him in this fight, and he is now the king. There you go. Thank you, Mark. Right Thank now. you, Mark. Uh, yeah, he's going to cut that video for me tomorrow. And, uh, again, I put the word out to Margo for Trump, so we'll see. At any rate, that was a dirge at the end of uh, of that uh, open, which, again, included so much stuff. Your King Charles has cancer. I think he's going to be okay, though. How about Joe Biden? This is, uh, this is a classic. Joe Biden talking yesterday, and he actually talks about how recently he met with the French President Mitterrand. Some of you folks may not know this. Doesn't mean you're stupid and or ignorant. You just don't know. But I'm going to let you know right now that Mitterrand has been dead for about 30 years. <laughs> 30. Not one, not two, 30. But, but somehow Biden was able to meet with him. Now, this moron, this president, meant to say Macron. He's now the president of France, not Mitterrand. And he went through all of this just to make an argument that, um, you know, if the parliament in London had somebody break in all about January 6th, because now Biden is starting to get killed in just about every single poll. So here he is. We've got to play this again. This was the second thing in today's open. Joe Biden confusing Macron, who's alive and well, the current French president, with a former <laughs> French president dead for 30 years. Joe Biden, cut number 10. Right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand, Mitterrand from yeah. Germany, <laughs> Dead for 30 from years. France, looked at me and said, uh, yeah. said well, you know, come on, come on. Come on, man. Why, how, how long are you back for? Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Mitterrand thing was bad enough, but all of it. This is how, listen to how he talks. He has no idea what he's even talking about. He loses midway through it. He loses what he wants to say. And then Mitterrand, of course, again, dead. For 30 years, the, uh, the third. <laughs> Mir, Mir, Miron and I were, we were playing a game of risk, and uh, I, I, I captured his. He's actually song. dead, uh, to be exact, for 28 years. Miron passed away back in 1996. Yeah, the third good. story has Nikki Haley getting uh, all ready to take on Trump in South Carolina. And while that sounds great, and some of you folks out there who I see every day are still Nikki Haley fans, you morons. Uh, she's down 26 points right now, 58 to 32 to Trump in South Carolina. She is uh, wasting everybody's time. Then you heard Speaker Mike Johnson talking about this possible bill, 18 billion standalone bill, 18 billion to Israel. I love it. I'm sick and tired of giving Zelensky and Ukraine money. I've been sick and tired for months. I will fight Pete King to the death. He's wrong. He's wrong. We have no idea where this money has gone, no idea they're the most corrupt country in the world. I trust Zelensky about as much as I trust O.J. Simpson. And this is an absolute joke, an absolute joke. This uh, border deal that the uh, Senate put together is also an insult to anybody. 
And you know how I know it's a bad bill? Because Joe and Mika right now are going on and on about a Wall Street Journal editorial board that says a border security bill worth passing with this moron racist Eugene Robinson. It is a horrible deal. It will die in the Senate. Forget about the House. Then we heard from um, Channel 2 here about this migrant crisis where these illegals, who Tariq Shepard referred to as asylum seekers, shut up, Tariq, douchebag. They're illegals. And uh, it's one thing to, to come here and take jobs and live in people's high schools and houses and hotels, but now they're committing crimes, some of these animals. And they've got this uh, cell phone ring going on. Noam Layden, Mr. Newsman here at WABC, give me, uh, give me the latest on this. You know, Eric Adams, the mayor, always goes out of his way to point out that whether it's subway crime, whether it's this deal, it's only a quote-unquote small amount of people. And we're not going to allow a small amount of people to wreak havoc and, uh, and, and, and make the city look bad. Well, I got news for you, Eric. It's too late. Whether it's six people or 6,000, this city looks like a pile of dog shizzle. So, Noam, what's the latest with that story? You know, the truth is we don't know how big this operation is, but right now they've made six arrests of migrants who were brought here on buses from the U.S.-Mexico border who were riding around on stolen mopeds, grabbing people's phones, and then taking the banking information off of it, selling that, then sending the phones back to the Columbia, where they think the person who was on top of this operation running it all is. And so they've made these six arrests, uh, but they no doubt will make more because they think there's more people involved in this. How many more? They, they say they may have found some of these people in Phoenix. Do you see that? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot more just yeah. based on last week. You had the NYPD going out, especially near the Rowe Hotel, which is on the west side, one of the original migrant shelters, and confiscating people's mopeds. I think that was the initial part of this investigation where these people didn't have permits to have the mopeds or they were stolen mopeds taken away from them. And then they connected it to this crime up in the Bronx where, you know, this is what's happening. These, you have two people on a moped, one guy who's driving it and the other one who's ripping people's headphones off their yeah. heads, yeah. a pocketbook is away and yeah. cell phones. Yeah, come at me. I will punch you in the face, knock you off your bike and make sure the bike runs right over you. How about that? <laughs> uh, there was an impeachment. Uh, <laughs> Is that before the fight with Peter King? I want to beat up Arabs. I want to beat up illegals. I just want to beat everybody up. Yeah, your friends, your your coworkers. No, I like my friends. No, I love you guys, but Arabs and illegals, I want to beat their faces in. All of them. These pro-Palestinian people, I want to beat their faces in. Uh, impeachment articles. There was a vote yesterday in the House. We had Congressman Anthony D'Esposito on the program yesterday morning, and it turns out eight to four said yes, move forward with impeachment articles for Mayorkas. And you heard in the open, I forget who that was. It may have been Gonzalez out of Texas who said, here's the deal. We're going to impeach Mayorkas, and that's the end of it. That's great. Now, of course, the Senate has to comply. They won't, but... Uh, the House seems like, Noam, they're moving forward trying to impeach a guy that really is the epitome of derelict of duty, yes? Yeah, well, it's not going to go anywhere. You're right about that. It'll go through the House, and then it's uh, Joe Biden, I mean, rather, uh, Chuck Schumer already says he's not even going to bring it to the Senate floor because he knows that it won't go through. So don't know what happens with it past the House, but looks like it'll begin and end there. All right. Then you also heard uh, five days away from Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Once again, the San Francisco 49ers, a small favorite over Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, Patrick's father 
was a pitcher for many years in Major League Baseball, Pat Mahomes. He even pitched here for the Mets. I saw a, a video a couple of days ago of a Met-Yankee, what do they call that, interleague game, regular season interleague game, where Pat Mahomes, Chiefs quarterback Patrick's father, gave up a home run to Derek Jeter. <laughs> a memory I actually do remember, but his father was arrested for drunk driving. They found an open beer can in the car, but the judge has said he's going to allow... Pat Mahomes, former MLB pitcher, to go to Las Vegas and watch his son play in the Super Bowl. So you heard from Travis Kelsey. He wasn't talking about Patrick Mahomes or the 49ers defense. He was talking about his girlfriend, Taylor Swift. They asked him what his favorite song was, and he said, the anti-hero. I don't know it. Then you heard from the San Francisco 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy, and he was saying, listen, this is not about fame for me, none of that. I want to go out there and win a championship again for San Francisco, which they did many, many times during the Joe Montana era. So Purdy wants to be that guy. Remember, this is a rematch. Same two teams played four years ago, and Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers jumped out to a big lead, but Patrick Mahomes came all the way back, and the Chiefs won the game 31-20. to So Purdy says, not about fame, it's about championships. Well, how about that? And finally, one story that was not in the open. It happened just a couple of hours ago. There were no news reports yet. They just covered it on Fox News. Famed country music singer and a guy that a lot of Trump supporters and Republicans love because he did perform at the 2017 inauguration. Toby Keith has died. Toby had stomach cancer, and he died overnight. He was 62 years old. I'm not a huge Keith fan. Bernard, God rest his soul, Bernard was. He only liked one song. One song, the the red, white, and red, blue. Courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Yeah, that one. Uh, that red solo cup song is one of the worst songs ever. <laughs> I mean, God rest his soul. I feel bad the guy's dead, but I want them to die when I heard that song. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's that song. Maybe that's how he died. He yeah. was drinking something out of a red solo cup. What a horrible apropos. song. That is... but people loved it. These girls would go to these concerts with their boots on, their jean shorts, and red solo cup, baby. It was awful. But he had a couple of good songs, right? Yeah. Oh, he sold 40 million in records. Yeah. I mean, he was a yeah. big guy. Well, but what does that mean? I mean, so does, uh, what's the other idiot from Detroit that people love? Rock. Yeah. He sells albums, too. He's horrible. The only good song he ever took was when he stole Sweet Home Alabama. Let's be honest. He had that uh, little midget guy that died years ago. What was his name again? Oh. Joe? Yeah. Wasn't uh, it Joe? Oh, yeah. I think it's, well, that <laughs> yeah. was Big and Rich's guy or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. So what are the good songs that Toby Keith had? Uh, Should Have Been a Cowboy. That was one of his big hits. Yeah. How You uh, Like Me Now. How you like me? Yeah. Okay, you don't play that. No. You're such a horrible person. Why would you play that? Well, because what's the big deal? So I hope the somebody's laughing deal. when I'm dying, when <laughs> I'm dead. What are you gonna, what's, what's the matter? What's he going to get offended? Nobody does a tribute like the uh, Sid uh, and Friends in the Morning show. <laughs> yeah, he, somebody he dies, it. and we're, we're just begging for a way to make fun of him. That's <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what should we play when you die? Let, let's, or, what are we going to play? Perfect Circle? Probably Hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to read my own press at this point. I'm, I'm even annoying myself. So um, I apologize for that. Big guest list about to come your way today. Curtis Lee was going to be here. He's always amazing. Every weekday morning, I'm so proud of Curtis. Mozzie Pillip, she's going to win. She's going to kick some Tom Swazi ass coming up on Feb 13, folks. Vicky Palladino, I love her. She makes her return to Sid and Friends in the morning. We'll talk to Rudy Giuliani and the great New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC. That's 
1-800-848-9222. Kick-ass opening segment on a Tuesday morning. Here's some more Foo Fighters on the way out. Friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Are you my best friend? 77 WABC. Yeah, I was always a crazy one. Broke into the stadium and I wrote your number on a 50-yard line. You were always a perfect one and a valedictorian, so under your number I wrote, call for a good time now. They wanted to get your attention, but you overlooked me somehow. Besides, you had too many boyfriends to mention, and I played my guitar too loud. How do you like me now? It's a good song. This is uh, the late, great Toby Keith. How do you like me now? Toby passed away overnight. Stomach cancer, 62 years old. Joe Nolan, who you just heard from, the great traffic guy. I'll introduce him coming up in about 10 minutes. He likes the song Beer for My Horses. Oh, yes. I you know that one? That list. I've, I've heard it maybe once. Or... <laughs> yeah. That's a friend, you sure, uh... it was, sure it was from Joe? <laughs> yeah. Anything with beer, Joe loves. Friend Lynn checks in. Good morning. Perfect song, my hero by the Foo Fighters introduce you. I'm serious when I tell you, you will be the one to save us. Oh, my God. That's a lot of pressure. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lynn. Yeah. Lynn Hodge, she's great. Where is Sid? We Where's are in Sid? trouble. I got a bunch of Tel Aviv shout-outs this morning also listening right now. We're in Tel Aviv. It is 1.33 in the afternoon, and I know that well because I was just there. Uh, Justin, who celebrated a birthday yesterday, his aunt and uncle, who I saw two or three times, what great people, his aunt Sherry and his uncle Benny, listening right now from Tel Aviv, good morning, and Alyssa Rebo, also on the way to Tel Aviv right now from the gym, she is, uh, she's listening, so good morning to, uh, to you, Alyssa. So I mentioned the Biden thing where he confused Mitterrand, who's been dead since 1996, with the current French president, Macron, as only Joe Biden can do. And this man wants to go another four-plus years. Just unbelievable how selfish Democrats are. They hate Donald Trump so much that knowing full well 
He is far and away the superior candidate and had a 1,000 times better presidency than this clown. They'll still, they'll still vote for Biden. It's just un- now one of the real traditions with the president of the United States is during halftime of the Super Bowl, depending on the network, this year CBS has the game, Jim Nance and Tony Romo and all those other guys, Phil Sims, Bill Cower, Boomer Esiason, they'll all be live in Vegas. But every Super Bowl, they interview the president at halftime. It's a tradition. That's how it works. The president gets interviewed at halftime. And we found out yesterday for the second straight year, Joe Biden has declined the interview. Now, look, it's one thing when Fox has the game. You know, if Bill O'Reilly was still there, he's going to get tough with you. Somebody from Fox News. This is CBS. They'll probably use, like, Gail King. You know, or uh, who's the other ass face that was on Face the Nation? Uh, or even the one who's on there now, Margaret Brennan. What in God's name is Joe Biden afraid of, Noam Layden? Well, this is what his aides are saying. They believe that voters are already exhausted from the political season and they just want to tune out and watch the game. And so that's why they say they are not offering up the president for that interview. It's just not true. It's just not true. We do want to watch the game when the game is being played. They're not going to interview Joe Biden during the game. That's the halftime show. So what are they talking about? Well, that's what they're saying. But, of course, you have Democrats well, pushing back. Well, they're lying scumbags. <laughs> you have Democrats, people in his own party say, are you out of your mind? This is the largest television audience you will have before the election. Why wouldn't you take these 15 minutes, grab them? It'll be a softball interview. They usually are. Why not take that? And they're shocked that he's not. Yeah, I'm shocked, too. i got to be honest, because, again, it's CBS. I'm sure he can even ask for who he wants. And again, that ass munch Gail King, she's not going to mess with him. She's another Trump hater. So, you know, get, if it was Fox and they said, hey, sorry, buddy, it's going to be Sean Hannity. And by the way, even Sean, I mean, I remember the first time I saw Bill de Blasio on with Sean Hannity. Me and Bernie spent about 20 minutes the next morning trying to figure out why Sean was so nice. Then, of course, we came out to find that Hannity's good friends with Al Sharpton and all these guys. So all the things that these conservative guys say on TV, I mean, it's true they feel that way, but they hang out with these Dems all the time, all the time. You know, the listeners go, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, screw Robert De Niro, screw Barbara Streisand, screw who else? Give me another example of somebody else, Alyssa Milano, Rob Reiner, all these people. But these um, these talk show hosts, these guys on TV making millions and millions of dollars, they go to dinner with these people. You know that, right, No. Yeah. Well, I know that he's friends with Al Sharpton. Yeah. He's very good friends with Al Sharpton, yes. My buddy Joe Tacopina, people are telling me he's not your friend. He, he, You know, he's not my friend. 47 years, we carpooled together, you morons. Of course he's my friend. He went on with Al Sharpton, so what? What does that mean? He was on with me the day before, mind you. The first interview he did was with me on this station on a Friday. He was on Sharpton's show on Saturday night. But the idea that Republicans... Just completely stay away from some of these Democrats. The worst Democrats is just not true. I'm telling you, you folks don't know. I do. It's just not true. Let I me mean, look at me and Noel, for example. We're good friends. Yeah. And he's to the left of uh, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> is that true? No. It is close to me, though, yes? <laughs> you, you're exactly right. How about I'll leave it at that? 
<laughs> what do you think about this uh, standalone bill for Israel, $18 billion? Yeah, it's an election year, so you wonder if anything's going to get done because it's all looking towards November and what's going to work for their presidential candidates. So it's usually a year that not a lot of stuff gets passed because it's all about making their candidate at the top of the ticket look good. So I see these standalone bills. I see this border bill. You sort of get the sense none of this is going to get through. None of it. Of course not. No. The uh, the border bill. Here is um, I mentioned I saw this yesterday talking about Al Sharpton. They had Chuck Schumer. No one has had a longer career in any profession, in any profession, and done less than Chuck Schumer. I mean that sincerely. Forty-plus years. What has this man done? He puts on these ridiculous press conferences Right across the street, literally, here on 3rd Avenue once a week, he's done nothing. He stands for nothing. He's just a big, wet fart. That's Chuck Schumer, a big, wet fart. One of those farts where you go, oh, my God, I think I just dutied my pants. That's Chuck Schumer. That's him. Here he is with uh, Morning Joe yesterday. That's going to be long on his tombstone, I think. (laughs) Yeah, talking about this ridiculous border bill, which the Senate should be embarrassed. It was insulting. Chuck Schumer, cut number one. We're at a turning point in America. This bill is crucial, and history will look back on it and say, did America fail itself? Why is it crucial? Well, if we don't aid uh, Ukraine... Putin will be walk all over oh, you. Uh, shut up. I've heard enough. Oh, shut up. I heard enough. Uh, then you get the governor. You want to know why I hate the governor? Because she also is quick to blame Republicans, and you got to back this bill. This bill is one big amnesty bill. That's it. That is it. This governor, who makes me long for the days of Andrew Cuomo. I know Curtis just heard that. He can't believe I said it, but it's true. She is worse than Cuomo. And no one thought that was going to be possible. She is. Here's Kathy Hochul, cut number four, blaming Republicans. She blames Republicans in cuts four and five, Lewis. So you may as well play them both. Senator Schumer announced that there is an imminent deal that has been reached with the members of the Senate, a bipartisan bill. Republicans and Democrats have come together with the most significant immigration reform in decades. President Biden has said that on day one, if this is passed by the House and the Senate, he will sign it. It is absolutely essential that we get these changes. Number one, changes in the asylum law make them tougher. Number two, money for localities and states, $1.4 billion. New York State would receive a share of this. The city of New York would receive a share of this. We need the money right now. But also to shut down the border, as President Biden has said he would do this should be happening. The only thing standing in the way is that the House Republicans refuse to take action. Good. They don't want there to be a resolution because they want to keep the chaos going. Lastly, President Biden will sign it. So that's what's on our shoulders today. The opportunity to solve this is right there. And if it is not solved, it will be exclusively their fault and on, on their hands because they refuse to do what they're supposed to do by no. their jobs is to no. protect and defend our nation. That's right. Which you have not done, stupid. You haven't done it in this state. You haven't done it in D.C. And we're not going to sign the bill because it doesn't do what you said the bill just does. It's insulting. It's an awful bill. So in the best interests of America, Kathy Hochul, we're not going to sign the bill. But don't you worry, baby, because Josh Allen is coming back next year and the Buffalo Bills are going to be just fine. Your hubby's going to make a ton of money. You'll be out there every Sunday rooting on your Buffalo Bills because that's all you care about. You talk about anything else, and you sound ignorant and stupid. 
Noam, is this bill going to pass? No. No, it's dead. Mike Johnson already said dead in the, when it arrives at the House. So, no, not going to It's happen. not even going to make it through the Senate. Yeah. It's not going to get to the House. Even the Senate is going to crap all over this bill, yes? Yeah. By the yeah. way, I was just looking this up. Biden, you know, doing these one-on-one interviews. Yeah. I mean, this was the strategy in 2020. They made him very, his availability was very limited to reporters. He was in his reporters. basement the whole time. Yeah, right. and that worked for them, right? But uh, in his presidency um, this time, Trump at the same point had done 300 interviews. Barack Obama had done 422 uh, interviews at this point. Uh, Biden's only done 86. <laughs> yeah. Yep, there he is, your guy Joe Biden. All right, we're going to talk to uh, Joe Nolan, get a look at traffic coming up next. Right now it is time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is from my guy, John Katz and Matidis, Katz and Cosby, 5 p.m. every weeknight right here on WABC. Here, John and Rita talk with my other guy, the great Bill O'Reilly. The Opal's there, deer in the headlights, and she knows a lot about deer. She's from upstate New York. She sees deer every day. Uh, I think this is terrible. I think they should be deported. Uh, hello? They're not deported because of you. So if Hochul really cared and really thought it was terrible, she would have fired Bragg the day after, which she has the power to do. She can fire him for dereliction of duty. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. Retreated to a local doubleheader on the ice last night with the Rangers and Islanders, both registering W's to open up their second half schedules at the Garden. Alexi Lafreniere scored just under two minutes into overtime and the Rangers rallied to beat the Colorado Avalanche 2-1. Artemi Panarin also scored and Jonathan Quick stopped 31 shots. Double blue shirts get their second straight win and their 15th comeback Who was the goalie win. last night? Jonathan Quick. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And their 15th comeback win this season in the extra period. Mika Zibanejad dropped the puck to Lafreniere, who then whipped a shot past former Ranger Alexander, uh, Alexander, I should say, Georgia, for his 13th goal of the season and third overtime winner of his career. The 38-year-old Quick improved to 11-4-2 as Shesterkin's backup in his first season with the Rangers. The victory was the 371st of his career. The first place Rangers were coming off a 7-2 win at Ottawa on January 27th before the extended break around the All-Star game. Up in Toronto, former Leaf Pierre Engvall scored the winner on a rebound with uh, over just over two minutes remaining in the third period of a 3-2 Islanders victory in his first game at Scotiabank Arena since being traded by the Maple Leafs a year ago. <clears throat> Kyle McLean also scored for New York, netting his first goal in his sixth NHL game, putting New York ahead 2-1 in the second period. The win even at New Islanders coach Patrick Waugh's record at 2-2-1 and halted the Maple Leafs three-game winning streak. Uh, Matthew Barzal also scored for the Islanders on the hardwood in Brooklyn last night. The Nets fell to the visiting Golden State Warriors by a score of 109-98. Cam Thomas scored 18 points but shot four for 21 for the Nets who had won three of four before last night's loss. Uh, they scored 147 points against Utah on the 29th and 136 in Philly, in Philly on Saturday but they were nowhere close to that level last night, shooting 38% and getting four nights from leading scorer uh, Mikhail Bridges and Spencer Dinwiddie. The Nets played without Ben Simmons. He sat out 
uh, the front of a back-to-back, but it's scheduled to play tonight when the Nets host Dallas and Kyrie Irving's return to Boston. That tip-off is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. The Knicks are in action as well at 7.30 p.m. tonight, getting set to welcome in the Memphis Grizzlies. And last but not least, news out of the NFL ahead of Super Bowl 58 this weekend. Philadelphia Eagles will play host to the NFL's first regular season game in Brazil. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced yesterday in his State of the NFL Media Conference at Allegiant Stadium. The Eagles, who last played an international game in 2018, will face a to-be-announced opponent in Sao Paulo on Friday, September 6th, the day after the NFL season kicks off on Thursday night. This will be the NFL's first Friday game on opening weekend in more than 50 years. Looking forward to that. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, pavilion to find a deal near you. They're the world's best boilers. I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Birthday today, Paradise City, right here by the great Guns and Roses. Lou Rapino, how old is our friend Axel Rose today? Well, he's late for his birthday. Do you get what I see? What I did there? I saw what you did. <laughs> <laughs> he's two years older than me, sixty-two. Sixty-two, Axel Rose. Happy sixty-two. He looks terrible. No, he looks. Oh God. <laughs> so I just saw on Fox News that uh, we mentioned last segment, Noam, that Joe Biden for the second straight year, is going to skip the traditional interview, which, which they tape. You know, they tape that, right? So if he didn't like something, he can fix it. He can edit it. He's got nothing to lose and everything to gain. The country wants to hear from this idiot president. So he won't do it. Second straight year. So now it turns out that Donald Trump has offered to replace Biden. And I would say this. Why not? He's not the current president, but he is a president. Not like he's just some guy. He was the president before this guy. He is right now the easy favorite to win the Republican nomination. So it's not like he's retired or he's done. So Trump has offered to do it. And if I'm CBS, why not? What do you think, Noam? No way CBS is going to take him up on that. Well, CBS hates him. I know that. Right. So why would they get him Dickerson and Brennan and yeah. King. And, but it would make sense. Leslie Stahl. Oh, Leslie, another douche. <laughs> That's but, a at least you would hear, but at least you would hear from the president. I mean, yeah. you know. No? I agree, but there's no way they're going to give him less. Leslie, time. these are the unfair questions you asked me last time. <laughs> you, you know, I would just as soon get some popcorn and the game. This is, are we done? Yeah, we're done. We're I, done. We can't. We can't. So um, tomorrow is uh, Brian Kilmeade, who's on after me every morning. I love Brian. Him and I are tight. You know, I go on his radio show quite a bit and his TV show, One Nation. He's on after Mark Levin show, 9 p.m., Fox News on Saturday night. He's had me on the most, him, then Jesse Waters. 
But uh, once a year, Brian does this Christmas party. It's never Christmas. It's much later in the winter, but he calls it a Christmas lunch. And he takes out folks from WABC. We go to a steakhouse. I think it's Bobby Vans. I'm not even sure. But at any rate, uh, Kill Me takes us out once a year. And that is, um, that's coming up tomorrow. But it's not until like 1.30 in the afternoon, and I'm done at 10 o'clock. So I was thinking back to last year. I lived in New York City because of all the damage to my house, and everything was easy. I was living, I think, in Battery Park already at this point, if not at that hotel on Park Avenue. So to go meet Brian for lunch any time, any day was easy. Now any event I've got in the city is a major pain in the ass. I've got nowhere to go. So the show ends at 10 o'clock. I'm busy cutting commercials, doing other stuff till about 11. Now i got two hours. But here's what I just found out. Now I know what I'm doing tomorrow in that two-hour span before the annual Brian Kilmeade celebratory lunch. What? Tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. Oh, true. And I know you are still, for some reason, traumatized by the story I told you, which was years ago, I went to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Bernard was still here, God rest his soul, and I received ashes. I went to the priest. I said, I'm Jewish. Can I do this? He said, absolutely. That's great. And I walked around all day in the city with ashes on my forehead. (laughs) And it was great. So I'm going to do it again tomorrow. I'm going to go to the noon mass. So if you're in the city at St. Patrick's and you want to see me on Ash Wednesday, (laughs) I am, for the second time in four years, going to get ashes tomorrow. What are you doing here? <laughs> You're not supposed to be here. How does a guy... You're the king of the Jews. They're going to honor me Saturday night uh, at a big uh, synagogue. I just spent four days in Israel, and I'm going to get my ashes tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to be right next to you and when the priest talks to you. No, you're going to come with me. Oh, okay, good. You'll come, you'll, you get ashes anyway, don't I, you? Yes. Every year? Yes. Uh, it depends if I oh, make it. God, to you're, you're such a heathen. You are such a heathen. You are the worst. Well, MJ would be happy to hear that I'm getting. Do you even do you even accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I, I do, Father. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> I appreciate that. Can you take me on a tour of, of all of the the ruins, please? Ah, uh, sure. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, yes, I do. By the way, okay. the beauty about Israel too is that that's where it all started. Jesus, you know that yes. Bethlehem, the whole thing. Sure. Right. I'm pretty. I'm kind of up on it. Yeah, no, you're not. You. Not really. Yeah, but, no. He can't go with you. Why can't he go with me? He's working. He's at 12 o'clock? I'm still, yeah. I'm still working. I'm sure yeah. that John and the powers that be here will allow him to leave a couple of minutes early to get I, ashes. Uh, I don't think the amount of people we have working here would allow, <laughs> would allow, would allow <laughs> that to happen. Justin, oh, <laughs> Justin doesn't want to allow it to happen. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll get two ashes. I'll get one for you and one for me. On both sides of my forehead. How about that? What, okay, what am I? How am I going to get them? What, are you going to take them off your forehead and put them on my forehead? I don't know how it works. It's not work like I'm that. Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> you're Jewish, but you're going to have it. Don't oh God! I just found out from my good buddy Jason uh, Trenard, who is a uh, financial genius. He's been on here many, many times. That uh, he says Ash Wednesday is next Wednesday. Oh, there you go. On Valentine's Day, the 14th. Oh, it is. Well, a good Olga, Christian you Olga, are. Olga, <laughs> Well, here's the problem. So you're going to go tomorrow, and the priest right. is going to be like, <laughs> you say, yeah. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> My friend Olga, who is uh, one of our uh, really beloved <laughs> listeners and, and a um, just a, a great friend of the Rosenbergs, she told me yes, Wednesday was tomorrow. Well, well I guess so it's not. So. Somebody's... Uh, 
Somebody's got their ashes in a bind in their yeah, lawn, yeah, I yeah. think. So I'm, it I'm is sure. stick to Judy. It is on Valentine's Day. Ash Wednesday is on Valentine's Day. Now I recall. So now I've got an issue again. Now I'm back to what am I going to do for two hours tomorrow? Besides roam the hallways for two hours? But I can't do that. No. Is there a massage place over here, uh, Justin? <laughs> well, yeah, in the middle of Manhattan. <laughs> well, I thought they, I thought they shut them all down. No, we opened one down the hall, didn't you see it? <laughs> James uh, is giving massages out. My phone is blowing up, including your girlfriend. Yes. She knows that Ash Wednesday is next week. Well, yeah, she's going to heaven. I'm not sure about me, but she's going <laughs> yeah. to heaven. All right, that wraps up hour number one. So now we know Ash Wednesday is Valentine's Day. Tim McCartney. Mr. WABC and ESPN, even he knew Ash Wednesday was next Wednesday on Valentine's Day. So. <laughs> even he knew. <laughs> yeah. So me and you are going to go get Ash's next Wednesday on Valentine's Day and then check in at the palace right across the street. Uh, get some chocolates and Ash's. Yeah. And we're going to make it an Ash Wednesday on top of it. All right. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. One hour in the books. We got a big hour number two about to come your way. The great Curtis Sliwa. And then she's running in that big special election against Tom Swazi the day before Ash Wednesday, Feb 13. Mozzie Pillow. Sliwa and Pillow. Hour number two about to come your way. We just had at the end of last hour as we open up hour number two at 7.12 on your Tuesday morning. And um, I only got about 6,000 texts, I swear to God, direct messages and texts from our very spiritual and religious audience that wanted to ensure me that Ash Wednesday is, in fact, on Valentine's Day. And that is a perfect way to start the conversation with the great Curtis Sliwa. Rip and read, folks. Noon every weekday. Do not miss it. Does a great job hosting overnights on the weekends. 
spectacular work sitting with me every weekday morning. People in Israel, swear to God, we're talking about this segment. He is uh, the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel Curtis Sliwa. And any time I bring up the Catholics, any time, St. Patrick's Cathedral, Cardinal Dolan, any time, it's like I stuck a baseball bat up his rectum. He gets so crazy. What's the matter with you? Worse than that, in Mike Piazza, shredded baseball bat. <laughs> no, no, no. That would and really I'm hurt. Roger Clements, man. I'm roided <laughs> up on this. First off, oh, my God. Uh, Jews out there, take back that Guardian of Israel uh, trophy plaque you're going to give Sid. Why? On Saturday night. Why is that? You should impale yourself with a menorah. Let me tell you something. I love all people. I'm not just Jewish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, I'm the A.M.P. Catholic. Ashes on Wednesday, palms on Sunday. Then you don't see me for a month of Sunday. Right. But if you're insisting on walking around flexing, you know, like you're R.C., real Christian on Ash Wednesday, all the Catholics walk around crying, real Christians. Why don't you just do what I did as a kid? You go over to an ashtray, you get some ashes, you put it on your own no. forehead or black shoe polish. No, 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 no. I went to the priest and I said, I'm Jewish. Does that prohibit me from receiving ashes today? And he said, not only does it not prohibit you, but it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, so why, why so not- in solidarity with my Catholic and Christian friends, because I respect all religions, even though I am the king of the Jews, I am more than happy to walk around one day a year with my brothers and sisters wearing ashes. Yeah, next thing you're going to be a card-carrying member of Jews for Jesus. Unbelievable! <laughs> you are. Let me tell you. So, so wait, so, so should I not allow you to come on Saturday night and speak at the Fifth Avenue Synagogue? Should I take that away because you're not Jewish? No, no. Actually, if you go for ashes next Ash Wednesday. Yeah. I'm more Jewish than you. Why is that? Because I'm not going for ashes. I'm not walking in a church that invites in these illegal aliens whose Catholic charities rips off us, the federal tax dollars, and pays for them to come up here. You want to honor them and go in there? What the hell is wrong with you? I'm not honoring the Catholic Church. I'm honoring my friends who are Catholics. If you're right about all this, and you've been adamant that they are part of the migrant issue, you also said millions, to me, and I millions quote, of dollars. and you also said to me, and I quote, that uh, they would be the first to march with the pro-Palestinians. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. These are very strong words. You Curtis. know nothing about nothing when it comes to religious battles. It's all about the real estate in the old city, the holy city of, the, of Israel. They don't have any real estate. Who has real estate? John Katzmatidis people, the Eastern Orthodox, the Greek Orthodox, the Armenians, the Catholics want the real estate there, the most cherished in the world. It's like the Disney world of religions, and they want the United Nations to be in charge of the Holy City. They don't want Israel to be in charge of the Holy City. They don't want Jordan to be in charge of the Holy City. They want the United Nations. You want the United Nations in charge of the Holy City, Sid? No, I don't. I don't want the United Nations in charge of the United Nations. Exactly. (laughs) So think about that. Think about who your friends are. And by the way, you know why the Roman Catholic Church wants all these illegal aliens? Go to a church mass on a Sunday during the day, the English mass. You can roll a Brunswick bowling ball through the aisles and not hit anybody. Then the Spanish-speaking mass, packed to the rafters. They know without illegal aliens coming in. Hispanics from South America, Central America, the Dominican Republic, and Haitians. 
that they're going to have to close these churches now because a lot of us, we don't go to church anymore. We're not going to be listening to some sermon of a priest that we're wondering, hey, I wonder if this guy is hitting up on the kids or not. Oh, no, that's that's old stuff. We, we can't bring that up anymore. That's old stuff. That's you know how many bad. churches have gone bankrupt because of that? Yeah, and because, how people, that? because people are stupid. That's not going on anymore. That you was know, a long time why ago. Why don't you become a Jew for Jesus? Why don't you do what Bill Clinton did? <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm not going to, uh, on a serious note, I'm not going to bring up stuff that happened many, many years ago and discredit people that uh, are great people. I mean, I, I just went to St. Patrick's Cathedral, for example, for Joe Esposito's uh, you know, uh, service there. And uh, the Monsignor Casado was absolutely great. And, and he, didn't I tell you that I was over at his house once a week? Yes. So he, you're a Pelosi guy just like he is. Right. And what so, so, so what, what you're doing right now is pissing in Casado's face. He, he admitted. He admitted. I told his story. He went to public school, yes. first grade. Yeah. His Jewish teachers gave him a menorah to take home. True. And his mother and father said, we're transferring you to Holy Family tomorrow. Well, you're, you're, you're not having nothing it, it, to do with the Jews. It was the same thing with me. I went to Poly Prep, and my mother Mistake. said one day, does my son have any friends whose last name don't end with a vowel? Exactly. So I ended up going to Yeshiva. So he, yes, he was on his way to being Jewish. Now he's one of the most respected, beautiful Monsignors in the city, and what you're saying basically is whatever he says in that church isn't worth a penny. Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, what? They flipped the script on your peeps. <laughs> they brought he brought a menorah in the house and they say that's it. You're not going back to public <laughs> but, school. But don't you think? Let's say everything you're saying about the Catholic Church is right. You know, my friend Charlie Marino gets mad, but I hate to break it to Charlie. A lot of things that you say happen to be right. They may not want to hear it, but they happen to be right. Let's say everything you're saying is right, which I'm not sure it is. Don't you think, though, that Jesus, and I'm being serious about this, deserves some modicum of respect from you? Can't you go to some other church, maybe not a Catholic church, maybe someplace else to praise the Lord? One of the reasons why you become this radio legend, guardian angel, loved and revered by millions, I mean this, New York City, even Israel, they put your name up. Is because of Jesus, and right now you're doing nothing, nothing to thank him, nothing. You know how I honor Jesus? By the work I do, taking care of the homeless and the emotionally disturbed. Uh, I don't know about that. Oh, that, that's what Jesus would have oh, done. Oh, I know, that's great work. I'm not, that's I'm, what Mother I'm, Teresa did her entire fine. life. Yeah. Look, I respect the nuns. I don't respect priests. I never did. They're ostentatious. They live a lifestyle that is hypocritical in many instances. Follow the nuns. The nuns would change. The nuns were married to Jesus. They actually have a ring. Married to Jesus. They're the true believers. The priests, hey, forget that. Forget. Hey, let me tell you something. Yeah. You're so high on the Catholic Church, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not high on why them. Don't, just... Why don't you do what Bill Clinton did in Soweto when he went to Joburg in South <laughs> Africa and got online <laughs> and received Holy Communion? <laughs> yeah, why don't you receive the wafer nets, right? You know, I go back to the great movie Saturday Night Fever. You remember the scene very, very well. Father, my brother, he loves the taste of communion wafers. All he wanted was a dispensation, I guess, because he got his girlfriend pregnant. He couldn't get it. So let me ask you a question. Let me if ask I you offer a question. you on a, on a plate, yes, a matzah, right, yeah. uh, unleavened bread, or a wafer, Well, I'm taking the take? matzah. I'm Jewish first. But just because I'm Jewish doesn't mean I'm going to crap on everybody else's religion. No, no, let me give you I an mean, idea. I mean, we know this. Look, for, for all you folks out there that love Jesus, I'm going to break it to you right now. You're not going to hear this, okay? He was a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. We had him first, okay? Then he started this other religion. God bless you. I wish you all very, very well. But don't talk to me about Jesus because he was a Jew. Well, but when, I respect every religion. Not every religion, but a lot of them. 
Uh, recently, there was the funeral for Paul Vallone. Unfortunately, yes. he died too early in his life, like Toby Keith. Yeah, I, I knew about that before. I, I actually was the one to tell Eric Adams about that. Right. He went, uh, and he got online. I don't think he received communion. He received the blessing. They'll give you a blessing if you're not a Catholic. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when it t- comes time for communion, I sit there because I haven't been in a confessional. It would take 52 priests to hear my <laughs> confession before I could qualify to receive communion. If you are a true believer, you can't receive communion unless you've done gone to confession. Everybody gets up, and I'm looking at guys who were receiving confession. That guy killed somebody. That guy, are you kidding? How could he be receiving communion? He didn't go to confession, and yet they all line up, and they look at me like, oh. You're right about that. They all line up. Now, now, come on, right there, that tells you the hypocrisy right there. I agree with you. Okay, but here's the deal. You know, know, the priest should do take the wafer right out of the guy's mouth. I understand. Here's the deal. With all you just said. And you're adamant about this. This is no, you're not. This is not a mild sleeper. That's why I became a choir boy. I'd rather be with the nuns <laughs> as opposed a altar boy with the priests who were saying more wine, more wine in the chalice. That's fine. But here's what you're going to do, because you're getting older. You're okay. You're not the same tough Canarsie. Yes, you're still tough, and you'll go into any neighborhood, any time, and beat up the bad guys. I know you do. I know you do. But next Wednesday, Valentine's Day, Ash Wednesday. You're going to put aside all these differences, many of which you're probably right. You're going to put them all aside, and you're going to church with me. And uh, Chad and somebody else will find somebody to do that nine to one hour. And I'm going in there and yelling, send all the illegal aliens back. (laughs) I want our money back from Catholic Charities. It's federal dollars. It's not money that's put in the collection box in Catholic churches. It's a racket. It's a ripoff. Well, then what you need to do is explain to people who are just tuning in, who, who just can't figure out what you're talking about, how is the Catholic Church at all responsible for some of these issues with the migrants. Well, you just saw these four bad hombres who escaped to California, the Hotel California, that Alvin Bragg's, uh, who the swagger man with no plan will never criticize because, oh, I don't want to be prosecuted by Alvin Bragg. You know, I'll never name and shame him as Bernard McGurk used to say. He'll never name and shame Alvin Bragg. The four of them escaped, right? A non-profit religious organization paid for their bus tickets out of town. Why won't they tell us who the non-profit religious organization is? Well, how is? do you know the non-profit organization is, in fact, the Catholic Church? Over on the point spread, right? <laughs> Nine out of ten times, it's Catholic <laughs> Church. Right, listen, I, you're right. Uh, Charlie says you're going to burn in hell. Good, good. And I won't do it with an asbestos suit on <laughs> If you stand with the state of Israel, you stand with Israel. The Catholic Church, did they come out and support the state of Israel when the pogrom took place on October 7th? Not only did they not do that, and now you're going to get me all pissed off. Now, I'm not going to go next Wednesday by the time you're done with me. Not only did they not do that, but the Pope did exactly what I thought he was going to do, which is the cowardly way out. He talked about peace, two-state solutions. He's worried about the Israelis and the Palestinians. I don't want to hear that. He's not alone. I don't want to hear that. The Presbyterians are the worst. They love Palestinians. They might as well be wearing green schmatas on their head. The Presbyterians? The Presbyterians are the worst. The Methodists, the Lutherans, uh, oh, yeah, the wannabe Catholics, the Episcopalians, the only Christians supporting Israel. How many times have I told Evangelicals. you? Evangelicals. Evangelicals. <laughs> and they go, Jesus, Jesus. Now, the only problem is on the day of rapture, when Jesus comes back right to Jerusalem, he will turn and 
uh, they will turn to all the Jews and they will say, you must convert or die. I mean, you'll have that choice right there. Right, yeah. But they support you right on up to the day of rapture. Okay? You want, is that the one the Messiah comes back? Or the Mashiach. Jesus? The yeah. Mashiach. Not well, your Mashiach. No, oh, well, wait, wait. Your wait, Mashiach, not is, uh, right. your Mashiach is Jesus. Mine is Hashem. Now, right. you know how many so, false Mashiachs there were? Else. There were like 2,852 people <laughs> who claimed to be the Mashiach. Yes, yes. All of them Jews, remember. All of them Jews. I'm the Mashiach. No, no, I'm the Menachem Schneerson. No, no, I'm Mashiach. Sort of like that scene out of Spartacus. You know, who's Spartacus? Who's Spartacus? And then Tony Curtis gets up, and they all get up. In the meantime, Kirk Douglas is smiling on the ground because he's Spartacus, Didn't, right? Didn't uh, your two sons get far mitzvah? Damn right. And okay. hey, Hunter, March 2nd. I'm going to be there. Second son, I, I donated to the tribe. I, I donated did. to the okay, tribe. Okay, so, so you're all good with the Jews. Your, your two sons were, were bar mitzvah in a synagogue. Uh, of all the women you've married, all six or seven, whatever the number is, have, have you married any of these women inside a Catholic church? None. 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 No church at and all. And you know, there was a priest in Patterson, New Jersey, who told me, he said, Curtis, you've never been married. I said, what the hell are you talking about? Since you've never been married in a Catholic church, we don't recognize any of those marriages. So, so marriages. he's right. So where did you get married? At City Hall or no, something? No, no. I got married in a uh, Southern Baptist church. That was the first uh, first woman in Brownsville. That was Corinne Drayton. And then, uh, oh, down at the Judson Memorial Church, that radical progressive church in Washington Square Park, but they're a Baptist church. Uh, then there was the hanging judge, Torres, uh, right there in Central Park. Oh, man, he was, hang him up there. Hang them. We need who, a guy like Torres who, who back married uh, your wife now? And I believe of all your wives, you love her the most. Oh, the best. And Thanks. you guys have a really, uh, and all kidding aside, you've got a beautiful relationship. And I love Nancy. I really do. Where, who married you and Nancy? Uh, it was up in a cave outside of <laughs> It was like a hundred feet down. Some hippie with a guitar. I figure, why not? I tried every other way of getting married. You are the best. All right, so to close out this, this is one of my favorite segments in the history of radio. I swear to God, you're brilliant. And we'll get to your other stuff uh, later. So to close this out, your message right now, if Cardinal Dolan was listening, yes, and the Catholic Church was listening, and by the way, the Cardinal does listen occasionally. He's very close with John and Margot. What is your message for Cardinal Dolan and the Catholic Church? Stop paying for illegal aliens to come in and invade our country with federal tax dollars. If you want to use church money, that's okay by me. But Biden gives you and other religious nonprofits money to bring them in. So now what are you going to do? You're going to visit them when eventually they're on Rikers Island. And hey, how about having a mass to celebrate ice? Everybody has discovered ice now. We love ice. We need ice. Around them up and deport them. Curtis Sliwa has backed up ice, Limigre immigration and naturalization for years. And to the rest of you Jews out there, enjoy yourself at Barclay Center tonight, worshiping the biggest anti-Semite upon his return, Kylie Irving. Oh, we love Kylie Irving. I know he hates us Jews, but we love basketball, and we'll take out a reverse mortgage and a payday loan, because we're self-hating Jews. We should impale ourselves with a menorah. Kylie Irving. Hey, Mark Cuban, you Jew. Where's your yarmulke? Oh, maybe you ought to convert, too. You bring the biggest anti-Semite to Dallas. And Adelson, they buy the team. 
biggest supporters of Israel. And who's playing for them on the Dallas Mavericks? Kylie, I hate every Jew in the world, including my own is Irving. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. doesn't seem like it fits his face, but <laughs> celebrating a birthday today, the great Rick Ashley. How old is uh, Big Rick? I like this song. He's pretty good. Yeah. You, you imagine a big, like, Barry yeah, White. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Right. <laughs> kind of like the guy also from uh, the lead singer from Simple Minds, the same thing. He got a nice voice there, alive and kicking, and the song they used in the Breakfast Club, but... How old is uh, Rick Ashley today? 58. 58 years Hell old. Yeah. Happy birthday to Rick Ashley. So before I uh, talk to Mozzie Phillips, he's coming up next. I think it's her third time on the show. I forget. I don't know. So I'm making my way to uh, Mar-a-Lago. That's my next big trip, right? I did the, uh, the Israel thing last week, which was a trip of a lifetime. And I'm already, mind you, making plans to go back this summer to go to Tel Aviv to the beach. But um, March 13th, you know, uh, Sleva was just on, and Curtis has this uh, group of rebels out on Staten Island talking about the migrant crisis. They've been about as heroic as anybody in this country. They really have. Johnny Tobacco, this guy um, Scott Lebedo, you know these names. Well, Lebedo's a, a really talented guy. He's an artist. In fact, at the Teddy Atlas annual event, which he puts on, just before Thanksgiving every year, raising money for sick kids. Teddy is a wonderful guy. We auctioned off, I auctioned off, personally, one of Scott Lebedo's pieces of art. He is a brilliant artist. Well, it turns out that I got a text from my dear friend Siggy Flicker, the former Real Housewife of New Jersey star turned big, big uh, Jewish voice, also dear friends with Donald Trump. And she invited me and Danielle down to Mar-a-Lago the second week of March to see Scott Lebedo's movie. He's got a new movie coming out called The Relentless Patriot. And uh, we said yes. So, And Trump is going to be there. So that's my uh, next big trip. March 13th, Mar-a-Lago, Scott Lebedo, The Relentless Patriot. Congratulations to my friend Scott. 
big uh, big things going on here, Lewis. Big, 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 big things, you know. So when's that going to be? March 13th. Okay. Yeah. Mar-a-Lago. Well. So that's done already. It's in. done. Oh. We oh. got the invite yesterday. We, we already responded yes. So I'll be with uh, Trump and the whole crew on March 13th. Excited, Noam? Very excited. I can't wait to go with you guys. You're not going. Oh. No. Yeah, once so, again. Okay. Are you going to vote for Trump this time? Didn't get to go to Israel. And now That's true. You're right. You should have gone to Israel. Yeah. But are you going to vote for Trump this time? I haven't decided who I'm voting for. Yeah, that means no. <laughs> Even Michael Rappaport says yes now. Even uh, 50 Cent says yes now. Okay. Well, if Michael Rappaport's doing it. Uh, nobody nobody dislikes cent. Trump more yeah. than, than Mike. Mike even now says, I'm going to vote for quote-unquote dickface. He's still really disrespectful to the president. That's That's Mike. But uh, he could be disrespectful all day as long as he votes for him. Well, that's quite an endorsement. Yeah, we want to win. I don't care what he says about him. We want to win. Hey, excuse me. I don't see a lever here for dick face. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love Mike. I do. But he's an idiot when it comes to this stuff. He's just stupid. Oh, but, yeah, just that stuff. But he was in Israel, and, and uh, he's, uh, you know, he's a pretty loyal friend. He's been a friend of mine for 15 years. And he's a really good actor. But when it comes to Trump, he's just stupid. What am I going to tell you? And Giuliani and all my friends. You know, I had a fight with him that time in the gym when he um, sent me uh, Giuliani's mugshot. I'm like, Mike, don't do that. He's my friend, okay? Bottom line. Yeah. Why don't you pick a mayor for 9-11? Pick another mayor. See yeah. who would have been better. Well, he admits. He, go, no, he goes, oh. he was the best mayor, but something happened. Oh. Shut up. Something happened. I'm tired of that, too. Mozzie's calling Philip here. So okay. Uh, may as well pick it I up. I got to go. Yeah. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. The great Eric Clapton here. Overnight, if you haven't heard, Toby Keith passed away, 62 years old, big-time country music artist, and sang at Donald Trump's 2017 inauguration. Toby Keith, gone at the age of uh, 62. One quick note here I just received from my friend Mary Glynn. And, um, you know, I did uh, last Thursday from Jerusalem, I did an interview with One Israel News, which is getting huge play in Israel. Huge. And the interview was both uh, audio, video, I should say, and text in a column. But same day, I did Steve Bannon's War Room show, and I was wearing a red Rockaway Republican Club shirt, sweatshirt, which is now all over the place. And, uh, well, Mary Glenn runs the Republican Club in Rockaway. She great, her and Margaret Powers. And she said, hey, Sid, FYI, Scott Lebedo, I just mentioned Scott, is also speaking at our next Rockaway Republican Club meeting tomorrow night. We're so excited to have both you and Scott. It'll be a blockbuster evening. So uh, Scott Lobato, all of a sudden, is uh, playing a major role in my life. Now, my next guest has a huge special election coming up the day before Ash Wednesday, the day before Valentine's Day, on my sister Elizabeth's birthday, February the 13th. She's taken on 
double-talking and, uh, you know, no-good Tom Swazi in an effort to replace George Santos, that seat out there in uh, Nassau County. She's been on this show now two or three times. I'm endorsing her very enthusiastically. It's my friend Mozzie Pillip. Mozzie, good morning. How are you? Good morning, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's always great to have you. So uh, last week... I went to Israel for the first time, and, uh, of course, everybody knows your history. You served in the IDF, a paratrooper. Mm-hmm. I'd never been there before, and, you know, people kept saying to me, why now, you know, with all that's going on? And I said, Mazi, I said, that's exactly why I'm going, because too many people mm-hmm. are afraid and not going, and Israel needs you. I can't tell you how many people, Mazi, in Jerusalem, in Tel Aviv, stopped me and thanked me for coming. This is the time to go. And you know, again, living there and and working with the army there in Israel, what a beautiful people, yes? Yes, absolutely. I'm so happy that you had the chance to go to Israel, to get to know Israel, to get to know Israeli people. And I'm so happy that also you went during this difficult time, because it means a lot for the Jewish people, especially for the Israelis, when they see people like you who really come to understand the issues that Israel has to face every single day. It means a lot, and I'm so happy you had the opportunity, and thank you for being there. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for supporting. This is a very critical time for the the, the Jewish nation at this point. Agreed. It's a, it's a scary time, Ozzy, and thank you for thanking me. I appreciate it. And that brings me, before I get to your race coming up, you know, there's a standalone bill right now that the House has presented for $18 billion to Israel. Now, what's funny here is that you're married to a Ukrainian guy, and, and no disrespect, I love the Ukrainian people, but they've gotten way too much money. I have no idea where that money is. I don't trust Zelensky. I'm sorry. And I would rather see Israel get all the money. No disrespect to your husband. And what are your thoughts on a standalone bill for Israel? I agree 100%. As you said, that we need to support Israel. Israel is under a very serious situation of a war with, against the Hamas. And giving the, the help, the, the aid Israel needs is so critical for us. Israel is our ally nation. Israel shares our values. And I always said strong Israel is strong America. So it has to be independent. We have to send it without condition because Israel is fighting a terrorist organization that viciously, viciously attack innocent civilians, innocent babies, children has been killed, was killed in front of their parents, tortured, burned. Uh, women got raped. We saw atrocities that we never, I never saw in my lifetime. So therefore, Israel needs this help and we have to give the help as soon as possible. When it comes to Ukraine, it has been almost two years since we, we were providing help to Ukraine. I think we should support Ukraine, but I think when it comes to the money, we need to ask the questions how the money has been spent so far. We need to get some answers. Once we're going to have the answer, we're going to be able to evaluate, okay, how much and how should we uh, provide help to Ukraine. Yes, thank you very much, because no one has been able to answer that question yet. Nobody. And you're right, it's almost two years. It's a lot of money. Uh, Putin has not shown me that he's this unbelievable great army guy. I mean, he's, you know, he's got too many people. He's got much, many more people, many more weapons. So he's going to win this war. Ukraine can't win the war. This nonsense. They got to win the war. They can't. They just can't. But, you know, they're doing a valiant job fighting uh, Putin. And Putin, I think, looks, uh, looks terrible during these uh, two years. Don't you agree? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Putin did it wrong by invading Ukraine, absolutely. But uh, again, I think we should support Ukraine, especially with uh, military aid. But when it comes to money, we need to check how the money has been spent. That's all we need. 
And we need an answer for that. Agreed. Now, uh, here's what I saw this morning, Mazi, which makes me very happy for you. The New York Police Department Sergeants Association has endorsed Mazi Pillip for Congress. In announcing the endorsement, SBA President Vincent Vallelong said, quote, unlike her opponent, Mazi Pillip will not regularly vote with and beg for honorary membership in the squad of U.S. representatives working to vilify and defund Police. So right off the bat, right there, Mazi, according to the NYPD Sergeants Association, your opponent, Tom Swazi, has aligned himself with the squad. That is awful. Absolutely, that is awful. You know, the reason why I got the over seven um, endorsement from police union is, is, is because of my action. You know, as a county legislator, I fully funded our police. I backed the blues. I salute our law enforcement. Tom Swazi, you know, he never supported them. He supported defunding the police movement. So none of them really will endorse him because he wasn't good with law enforcement. And that's so wrong. We need to respect our law enforcement. We need to give them the truth they need to protect our cities, our counties, our, our country. That's the reason why I got big support from them. And I'm going to continue to support them once I will go to Washington, D.C. 100 percent. And, uh, you know, when you talk about law enforcement, you have to include ICE. And uh, to me, I'm not sure there's more important people than ICE in this whole country. I know the mayor, Eric Adams, has talked badly about them. Shame on him. Uh, even the former governor, Andrew Cuomo, has said bad things about ICE. And quite frankly, shame on him. I mean, the fact is, they are the last line. And while everybody complains about this migrant crisis, which has now turned into violence here in New York City, Times Square, Brooklyn by King's Plaza, you need these ICE people. These ICE people are the ones that deport these people. Get them the hell out of here. And it looks to me as if Tom Swazi, this is unbelievable, Tom Swazi is actually alerting migrants ways to actually make sure that ICE doesn't get to them so they can do whatever they want. Is that true? That's what we saw, you know, but um, we are not surprised. You know, first, Tom Swazi kicked ICE from Nassau, and he was so, so proud of that. Then Sam Swazi teamed up with AOC and his fellow squad members to teach how to avoid, uh, you know, the ice, you know, how to really continue to break the law. That's what he did. And now we are seeing the result of Biden Swazi open borders uh, sanctuary cities and major, major migrant crisis that brought us a lot of drugs and crime to our communities. You just saw last week how illegal immigrants attacked our police officers and they were out. Uh, without no bell. Again, without uh, bell. This is what we are seeing, you know, nonsense. You know, instead of protecting our law-abiding citizens, our police officers, what we do, we're supporting and, and we're giving more rights for illegal immigrants. That's what we are getting with Tom Swazi. He has a history. We already know that. We need to stop sanctuary Swazi and his agenda in this special election. He was there as, as a Congress member. He created this issue. He broke our immigration um, uh, system. We cannot afford sending him back to Congress. Let me get this straight, Mazi. All right? You're pro-Israel. You are pro-police. You want to fund the cops, not defund the cops. Yep. You want to fix the immigration, the, the, the migrant issue here in New York City. You're pro-ICE. The other guy running against you wants to defund the police is altogether okay with the squad who not only hates cops, but hates Jews. We know that. Mm -hmm, He wants to destroy ICE, who is the last line of defense to help fix this migrant crisis in New York. So when I kind of map all these things out, there's just a couple of issues right there. Why would anybody, anybody vote 
for Tom Swazi over you. Why? Why? Exactly. Exactly. This is what the reason I said. We cannot afford another time for Tom Swazi. He created this mess. He created. He didn't protect the American people. He created the border crisis. He kicked the ice from Nassau County. He, he, was, he was supporting defunding the police movement. We don't need this chaos. This chaos has to be done. It's fixed correctly. And the only person who can fix it is me because I am, I love this country. I immigrated to this country. I have respect to law enforcement. I serve in the IDF. I understand what law enforcement is about. And we need to support our police. This is nonsense. This is it's crazy. This is a chaos, a chaos that Tom Swazi and Biden created. We need to stop this chaos in February, February 13th, and a special election. All right, February 13th, folks. You heard her go out and do the right thing for Nassau County, for New York, for America, for Israel, for the whole world. That's that's how important this election is. And Mazi Pillip is the right lady, the right person for the job. I can promise you that. It ain't Tom Swazi. Mazi, congratulations on a Thank great you. campaign. And uh, you're going to go out next week and win, I promise you. And we'll talk Thank to you, you right after you do, okay? I can't wait. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, all right, Mozzie. Take care. There she is, Mozzie Pillip. And make sure she gets your vote over Tom Swazi, who is just, quite frankly, another in the long line of Democrat hacks. Not nearly done, folks. Still to come, Vicky Palladino, Rudy Giuliani, and the great columnist from the New York Post, Michael Goodwin. Tuesday rolls on with me, Sid, here on 77 WABC. The last love So how could you be her first I want to tell you buddy Things are bound to get rough I know that she's only flooding But I think that I've had enough Next time you see her Tell her that I love her Next time you see her Tell her that I can Next time you see her that I love her Next time I see you Boy, you better be well This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC Sid is among the most important defenders of Israel and the Jewish people today and his defense could not come at a more appropriate time and in a more appropriate setting. Sid's audience, and he's so effective with his audience, are ordinary folks, everyday folks. They're not the fancy academics. Uh, they're not necessarily the members of Congress. They're the voters. They're people, many of them, with open minds. And they're people who don't know a lot about the Middle East. His recent trip to the Middle East was so educational and so informative to so many people. Standing in the rain with his head hung low Couldn't get a ticket It was a sold out show Heard the roar of the crowd He could picture the scene Put his head to the wall Like a distant scream Store. Didn't know how to play it 
Hero Foreigner as we start the 8 o'clock hour, hour number 3 on this Tuesday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Very kind words there from the great attorney Alan Dershowitz. That's part of a uh, much longer video that Alan put together for me that they're going to play on Saturday night at the Fifth Avenue Synagogue. It's a big night, huge night. Dove Hyken, Lizzie Savetsky, uh, Erdogan's going to be there too, the U.N. ambassador to Israel, some other dignitaries, and uh, they're giving out this Guardian of Israel Award, a big deal honoring me. So I'm really looking forward to Saturday night. And some folks who can't be there, like Alan Dershowitz, Mark Levin, maybe Trump, cutting videos, which uh, I guess they're going to play. My friend uh, Joel Seidman, I guess he'll play these videos before I come up. Dove Hyken is going to speak, and Lizzie Savetsky is going to speak. It's going to be a great night. So before I get to Vicky Palladino, i got to play you this. This is unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, the fact that there are people out there that are going to vote, forget about considering voting for, they're going to vote for Joe Biden, really makes me wonder whether every American should be allowed to vote. You know, they... You know, they go back and forth, this uh, douche Nikki Haley, talking about how these presidential candidates should take these aptitude tests. You know, Trump is as sharp as a tack, you know. Well, I think Americans should take a test, too. I don't think every American should be allowed to vote. First of all, a lot of them hate the cops. They hate the service. They're anti-American in every way. And they're stupid. The majority of Americans, I'm going to say this at the risk of pissing off a lot of folks I don't care. The majority of Americans are effing morons. Morons. No question about that. All you got to do is do what I did last week, travel to a different country, spend time in Israel, any really any other country, and you come to the, the, the realization that the people here are really stupid. And even big-time people, politicians, doctors, they're stupid. We're a stupid people. So this, um, these people are going to vote for Biden. So Biden's in Vegas. He's done this, what, a million times? A million times. This idiot is in Vegas, and he's trying to make this argument about how, you know, if the people in, in uh, London crashed the parliament, they wouldn't stand for that, going back to January 6th, because that's all they got. That's a stupid day, which was an embarrassing day, no question about it, but not nearly as bad as they're making it out to be. Only one person died that day, and she was an unarmed Trump supporter killed by a black cop who has not spent a minute in jail for it, not a minute. So he's up there making this stupid speech. You could barely get through it. And he he brings up this uh, recent meeting he's had with the French president. We all know, of course, the French president is Macron, another pussy, but he's the current French president, Macron. But Biden, because he's completely shot, he's also crooked and corrupt. He's not just dementia-ridden and old and all that. He's also crooked and corrupt. But he is dementia-ridden. He's shot. He confuses Macron with a French president that has now been dead for 30 years. I swear to God. Mitterrand died in 1996. And Biden referred to him yesterday in Vegas as if he was the sitting president in France. Take a listen to this. Right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. Yeah. And it was in, it was in the south of England. Yeah. And I sat down and I said, America's back. Hmm. 
And Mitterrand, Mitterrand from dead. Germany, sure. I mean, from France, Germany, France, France. Right. dead for 30 years. Said, uh, said uh, hello, you know, come on, come on, baby, come on. Why, why, how, how long are you back for? Yeah, First of all, the, whatever he said there was, was, you couldn't even understand it, but you heard him say it there. He said to Mitterrand, who died in 1996. <laughs> I love how it goes through all the. Who, what, why, when, where? Yeah. Like all through in his head oh, to yeah, figure out yeah. to figure out which France, question he Germany, asked. England. Yeah. Security. A guy who took the job. Uh, thank you for taking the job, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I, you know, I still go back to that day when he was talking to that poor lady, the Indiana uh, politician. She was killed in a in a horrific car crash, and he was he was looking for her in the audience. He kept calling her name. She's been dead for months. And this is the guy, my own sister. They're going to vote for this guy. This guy, what do you want from him? He's not a bad guy. I mean, give me a break. So I saw Vicky Palladino on Fox News yesterday. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell she was talking about, but but I'm such a huge fan of Vicky Palladino. I'm like a Justin Booker. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what she was talking about. Yeah. What was she talking about? Got to be Eric Adams, I would hope, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know. I don't care. I just like Vicky. Loud and boisterous about, of course. Yeah, she's the best. So here she is, my friend from Queens, one of our great council people, the great Vicky Palladino. Vicky, good morning, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good, Sid. Welcome back. And I'm hysterical laughing listening to this, but you just, between the music you started with, that's my music. Uh, and then congratulations on you getting this award. And now this Biden skit that you just did. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> and the fact that you called, uh, you know, the American people dumb. Uh, I have to say you're right. You know, I don't <laughs> want to offend anybody either. But if anybody should take an IQ test, it should be the American people because they have no idea. Morons. I mean, the one thing, uh, and by the way, that's why this show is number one, because you were just so thoroughly entertained, as you as you just pointed out. Now, the, the there are some people who voted for you, a lot of people. They're not morons, but uh, the rest of these folks are pretty stupid. So I, I'm going to take a guess, because I've got televisions on in all these studios while I'm on the air, but, of course, sure. the volume is not on because I'm doing a radio show. So I'm going to so You get... didn't know what the hell I was talking about. No, I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to take a guess. You were talking oh, about this, this migrant crisis and, uh, right. and the mayor, Eric Adams, who has fumbled this like Ernest Biner at the one-yard line against the Denver Broncos. I mean, he's really done a pathetic job with this, and I'm going to give you credit, because if that's what you were talking about, while most of the council people in this city, most of them, stand clear of criticizing the mayor, you've never had an issue with that. So am I right? Is this what you talked about yesterday? Actually, I hate to say no. I mean, no, not really. What yesterday was about was the assault on our cops in Times Square by the New Amsterdam Theater. But most importantly, ICE and how they are, uh, they have no power. Any, you know, they haven't had power here since uh, de Blasio. And now, uh, you know, we want to reissue them and get them involved with deportation. That's basically what we were talking about. The uh, crimes that are being committed uh, against citizens of this city and the police officer's hands being tied, and us not being able to engage ICE. Again, we can't do it. I mean, like I said, it happened during de Blasio and then in 2014. And then again in 2017, they went a little stiffer on that. And enough is enough. We need to deport these people. You know, we also need transparency here, Sid. You know, the idea that uh, 
they call for the cops for all this transparency and all of that. Yet when it comes to the illegals, you know, we're not allowed to, uh, you know, ask their name, where do they live? They probably get fake names. Fake address. They don't have addresses, okay? They move from center to center to center. You're not catching these people. So that was basically uh, what it was about. Well, that's important. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you were talking about that. Uh, my, my dear friend Tom Kniff just texted me. He's Daniel Penny's uh, attorney, and he said, uh, quote, Vicky Palladino is a national treasure. So how about that? Oh but, but, but I'm glad you talked about that because moments before you came on, I had Mozzie Pillip on the show. She's running yeah. against Tom Swazi on February the 13th for that George Santos seat. And uh, what she's been talking a lot about the last couple of weeks, Vicky, is how, believe it or not, Tom Swazi who also said horrible things about ICE, kicked him out of Nassau County. Same thing like Mayor Eric Adams, Governor Andrew Cuomo. They all said bad things about ICE, which is ridiculous. But anyway, he has been tipping off these illegals, uh, giving them ways to avoid ICE. How disgraceful is that, Vicky? Well, he, that's the sham. That's the sham that's going on right now. You see all this. I live here. I am the councilwoman. Uh, Mozzie tips into my district by 18%. And uh, that's a big number. She could pull two or three points out of here, and uh, it could mean win or lose for her uh, in this upcoming election. So it's very important that everybody gets out who lives in the Whitestone Bayside area and votes for Mozzie. Uh, Tom Swazi, everybody knows Tom Swazi's deal. He's been around a really long time, and I've been a lifelong resident here in this district that he represented uh, for several I think several terms now. I never heard of Tom Swazi other than his name. He never did anything except bankrupt the Gold Coast of Long Island. How do you bankrupt uh, Great Neck and uh, Manhasset and Oyster Bay? How do you do that? He was mayor of uh, the city of Glen Cove. He failed at that. So him pushing out ice makes him the standard, uh, you know, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, whereas you got to see the people, they're like swooning over Swazi here in this area. And why? Once again, here we go back to people not being educated. Well, he's a good guy. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, yes, he, he probably is a very lovely man. Yeah. I met him once. I shook his hand. But go to the record. Find out how these people support and what do they do for you. As the public. Well, a little okay. bit. Well, let's just go. Let's let's just go with he's a nice man because I met him once too at the Columbus Day Parade and he was very very sweet. Now, if he very was nice, if, yeah. if he was a nice man and Mozzie mm -hmm. was an evil person, that's fine. But if you want to go just by who's a nice person, here's Mozzie right. Pillup, who served in the Israeli army, who's yeah. done nothing but 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 do things, good things here on Long Island. Mm -hmm. Who's a sweetheart. So if you want to go by who's a nice person, Mozzie Pillup mm -hmm. is pretty nice too. Right. And, you know, what they try to put across in the very beginning was once again the abortion issue, uh, how we're going to steal Social Security. That was the tagline uh, against Mozzie when uh, Swazi started to put out all his rhetoric. The usual playbook is put the needle on the record. Come up with something real. You don't have anything real. Most of these Democrats don't have anything real. We, as Republicans, are sick and tired of the right-wing lunacy, okay? I'm tired of it. Do not call me a right-wing extremist or Mozzie or anybody else 
who is a Republican, because nothing could be further than the truth. You want to talk about conversations? I have conversations with everybody. I had one with Al Sharpton two weeks ago, invited to his office. I sat across the desk from him. He views the illegals as a, uh, what they call an invasion, okay, because his communities are lacking the funding that they need. So I took a meeting with Al Sharpton. It's all about conversation. Don't, don't go pinning any kind of taglines on us anymore. We're not going to stand for it because it's not true. The Democrats, however, they will stick very much to their party. Dare they not? Dare they not step away? Look what happened last week with 586 and 549 when they doubled down against the mayor, against us nine people, Common Sense Caucus, okay? And they voted in favor of 586 and they voted in favor of 549, which is going to just put our COs, our correction officers at Rikers in more danger than you could even imagine. So I'm telling you, they stick to their party. They don't do, they don't budge unless their party tells them exactly what to do. So there is no such thing anymore. I'm sorry, folks, as a moderate Democrat candidate. There are moderate Democrat voters. They voted for me and I'm forever grateful because they know I take conversation, well, and I listen to I, I'm, I'm glad you said all this because I kind of have this back and forth with John and others here who talk about common sense Democrats, and I always go, they don't exist, and they always give me one, Bob Holden. That's it. And I do like Bob, by the way, and he's a Democrat. Oh, my God, yeah. Bob is it. We that's it. Bob. That's it. You got one. There is no such thing. And look, and I'm a moderate Republican. I'm pro-choice. Right. I'm pro-choice. I'm for gay yeah. marriage. I don't want to hear about these rules that were written uh, thousands and thousands of years ago that yeah, don't apply and, anymore. And let's, be, let's be clear about abortion here in the state of New York. Okay? In the state of New York and in the city of New York, we passed uh, the broadest reproduction act in the entire country. So when they try to pin anybody who's running for local office here in the state of New York, the chances of overturning abortion is zero. Right, right. Triple zero. Yep. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Try something else. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So let me I just. Mean, uh... it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> let me yeah. wrap up this conversation with um, with a great moment for you. I was at that event that the Young Republicans put on uh, Gavin Wax at Cipriani's a couple of months yep. ago, and Trump was here in New York. Hopefully he'll be back with this possibility of a big rally in the Bronx. Once again, Gavin Wax trying to get that put together. But Trump went up there and after Matt Gates spoke and others and spoke for about 70 minutes, and I loved I it. He actually <laughs> yep. called you out. He said, and Vicky Palladino, she's great, she's great. How, how exciting was that for you? And, and what about uh, your thoughts on Trump's race against Biden coming up in, in November? Well, you just summed it up beautifully in that skit you did. We're talking about sanity versus insanity. We're talking about a man who could take control, bring this country back. Let me tell you, Sid, and this is dead serious now, this is our only hope. We are really looking down the barrel of a shotgun, and it's death to the nation of, uh, of, of our, our country. The United States of America is on the brink of no turning back uh, between the invasion over the border 
and what our our economy is about. People were living really good during Trump's years. Everybody's 401ks were through the roof. But most important of all, because I was criticized also about my uh, my meeting with Sharpton by some, only by some, and it's called the art of the deal. This man can negotiate through peace. He could figure things out. He's done it. And this is what we need. We're fighting three wars, Sid. Three. We've, our, our resources are down to zero. Our morale is less than zero. So, you know, I just had a young guy who was uh, volunteering for me. He just enlisted in the Marines. He's going to be an officer in the Marines. He's there now. And my heart broke when he told me. Not so much. I want, I'm so proud of him. But the biggest thing is my heart broke mostly because of the man in charge that's in the White House right now. I fear for them. I fear for our armed forces. And you know what? I fear for us, the average citizens, because if we don't get our country back, and I mean this, and if anybody doesn't like it, tough. Trump, Trump, love him or hate him, he's our only hope. And if he doesn't get elected, I don't know what the heck is going to happen here. Could not not have said it any better. You're a thousand percent right. He is our only hope. But then again, on a local level, we've got great, beautiful people like you. You're always great on this show, Vicky Paladino. Thank you, sweetheart. You You keep yelling and fighting out there, okay? All right, baby. Thank you. All right. That's my girl right there, Vicky Paladino. I love her. That is, uh, that's a good lady right there. That's a fine woman, Vicky Paladino. We need more people like her. Enough with these meek and um, nice and no, no, no. Go at them. You love Vicky Lou. I can tell you love Vicky. I love. She's pure New York. Yeah, yeah she's so New York. It's great. All right, we got to take a uh, short break. Still to come, Moody Giuliani and Michael Goodwin. Pretty good run there with Curtis Sliwa, Mozzie Pillip, and Vicky Paladino. More of me, Sid, right after this. Come on, Vicky. Tell him, baby. Tell him. Tell him, baby. Tell him. Thought he cast his own shadow. Friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Bob Marley. Rudy gonna join me in a couple of minutes here. So I get a text yesterday. Got to kind of mix in and out. 
to the radical departure from migrants and Eric Adams and Joe Biden and Donald Trump and all that stuff. And the reason why this show is, is popular, very popular, is because we, you know, kind of weave in and out. And we're not predictable. You guys have no idea from one segment to the next outside the guests what we're going to discuss. And quite frankly, either do I. Just keep up. Literally two minutes before the segment starts, I have no idea. No, just, 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 we just bandied about it. Just That's it. Just it. Okay, Whatever okay, happens, okay, happens. Okay, right now, get it done. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right now, get So, it. we could be talking about Travis Kelsey mentioning Taylor Swift's favorite song yesterday at Media Day before the Chiefs and Niners Super Bowl. We could be talking about the big event. They're honoring me Saturday night, Fifth Avenue Synagogue, with the Guardian of Israel Award. Could be talking about Ava, Gabriel, MJ, or Adina. That's your mom, Justin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You've got to stop texting me. It's <laughs> weird. I'm just, you know. It is weird. Yeah. Get him Three o'clock in the it. morning. Oh, my God. Two, so two drinks in. <laughs> More like two bottles. Hello. Whoa. Actually, Whoa. on a serious note, your mother, who I love your family, they're in Israel right now. Aren't they in, uh, aren't they in Tel Aviv? Yeah, they got there uh, very early um, this That's awesome. morning. Yeah. So. Are, they, are they with um, Aunt Sherry and Uncle Benny? They are. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for them. They had the first swarm already. Oh, they did. Yeah. So I got a text yesterday from former Ranger great Ron Duguay. Ron Duguay, of course, dates Sarah Palin. And he goes, hey, are you working the 18th of February? I go, of course not. It's a Sunday. He goes, oh, yeah, you're right. I go, why? He goes, well, I'm coming into town with Sarah and Mike Keenan, who, of course, was the coach for the Rangers the last time they won the Cup and the only time we've won the Cup in 75 years, back in 1994. He's very close with Mike. Mike was at that event with me and Duguay when Stephen Van Zandt and the cops gave us uh, those awards. So I said, no, I'm not working the 18th. He said, um, well, you know, I'm going to be here because I'm going to the outdoor game. And he reminded me, because I've been really caught up in the Super Bowl and the Knicks, that the Rangers, who got a big overtime win against Colorado last night behind Jonathan Quick, the Rangers play the outdoor game this year against the Islanders. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw that early in the schedule. Like but before. where's the game at? MetLife. At MetLife at Giant Stadium. Yeah. Okay, I'm much more excited about that. than If I have to hear one more time about this stupid World Cup. I know. My God, 2026, <laughs> as if the migrant crisis goes away, you know, as if beating up cops in Times Square, shooting drugs in Chelsea, <laughs> banging, banging outside a church, as if all that goes away because we're getting a soccer in 2026. <laughs> wait, wait till the migrants get their free passes yeah. to the oh, World oh, Cup. Exactly. <laughs> then they got to see Phil Murphy, who's the weirdest looking guy ever. Yeah. Like, he's weird. so ugly. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how ugly he is. <laughs> now, and I mean, God, I mean, it's great, but fantastic. If it means revenue, fan, and I enjoy the World Cup. I don't watch soccer. It's dreadful. It's not a bad sport. I don't care how popular it is. It is dreadful. But I get into the World Cup. I'm an American guy. I'm all for it. But I'm sick of hearing about it. But this Ranger Islander game in uh, in uh, MetLife, that's going to be a big deal. So anyway, Duguay and Keenan and, and uh, Sarah, they're going to come in the day after the 19th. So. Oh. But they, they asked me if we wanted to go to the game. Oh, by the way, Joe Nolan, is he right about this? Oh, yeah, at MetLife, that the, uh, the Devils play the Flyers? Yeah, then they play another outdoor game, right. I think that's Saturday. He said the day before. Yes. So you get the Devils and Flyers right. outdoors on Saturday, Rangers, Islanders Under outdoors Sunday. on Sunday? It's yes. a stadium series. It's like, right. That's it's, awesome. Right, so it's different than the Winter Classic. They already did that. Right, so you get all three New York, New Jersey yes. teams and Philly. It's great. 
That is pretty cool. Well, they're trying to make up the, the schedule is so terrible. The Islanders and Rangers haven't played each other. I know, yet. not yet this year. They only no. played three times. Yeah. I've not been to the outdoor game. Ever. No. So you should go. Have you, you gone yet? Go. No. It's, uh, Do you want to go? Tugay will get me tickets. I, I I would go. Yeah, MetLife is still Sorry. like one yeah. of the craziest places. Should have been at Yankee Stadium or, or yeah. you know, City Field. Should have been right. Yeah. yeah. Why it was? Why? The I mean, I, I understand why the Devils will play at MetLife Stadium or the New Jersey Devils. But yeah, then but again, the Jets right. and Giants play in New Jersey. But even a baseball stadium is just—it's just—it's a more yeah. you know closer experience. Right. It, it probably would be. It would be a yeah. lot closer. At yeah. The stadium. I'm still going to ask him for tickets. So if you want to go, let me know. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. right. But I, I like the cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. You're going to sit out there and freeze your ass off. Is sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Do you know what it's like when one of these um, like really dangerous people escape the law and we can't find them, you know? Run away to the hills somewhere or hiding out in a mountain somewhere, you know? And then it's like an all-out manhunt. Police departments, National Guard. APB. APB. We got to find this bastard. You know. Amber Alert. Man, all of it. If you see the following. Yeah. So most Tuesday mornings, that's what it's like yeah. for us to get yeah. Rudy Giuliani on the air. <laughs> Have you seen America's mayor? We got to call him. We got to call Maria. We got to call Asian Teddy. We got to call like 90 people. Uh-huh. Now, granted, last week, though, we did have to change a couple things up. We were in Israel, well, so we had to move. But it's worth it because he's, he's, he's an amazing guest, and he's one of my favorite people. He, You know, when I, when I talk about people, and I, and I tend to throw a lot of heap, a lot of nice things at people, but Rudy, I genuinely love Rudy Giuliani as a person, as a man. I'm, you know, he's a great talent, and he's on this radio station, and he does great on this show, but I genuinely love him, but... You know, he's harder to find a lot of mornings in Pablo Escobar <laughs> when he was on the land. Rudy, where are you? What, why can't we? <laughs> How do you think I stayed alive all these years? <laughs> <laughs> the mafia wanted to kill me. Oh, yeah. I have three fat was. I got three fat You're ones. Right. They sent, they sent twice. Twice, about six years ago, they sent four people to Paris and then all the way to Albania to kill me. They didn't get me. Biden, I mean, I don't want to say anything about Biden, but you don't think he would be really happy if uh, Trump and I uh, Oh, he would love that. He would love that. Uh, Biden yesterday, I don't know, did you hear what Biden did yesterday, Rudy? This is great stuff. Did you hear it? Uh, Yes. Yeah. yeah. When he referred to Macron as a guy that's been dead for 30 years, Mitterrand? (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. I yes, mean, yes, have yes, you? Yes. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this guy? I no, don't care. Come on. No, no. Well, you know, when he, I'm going to go back four years, Sid, during his campaign for president, when they thought he was still compass menace, right? He actually said he saw Roosevelt on television reading <laughs> the comics. There was no television when Roosevelt died. 
And it was LaGuardia, remember, who did the comics, not Roosevelt. I mean, he's, he, the guy's out of his mind. Oh, my and he's God. right next to the button. And it has some impact on, on all. It's making the world. I mean, I actually believe people die because he makes insane decisions. Oh, there's no question he about it. Have- yep, no question. He, he has, he has uh, surpassed, in my lifetime, Jimmy Carter as the worst. But as you're talking oh, about, he's also the most dangerous. Yeah. He's a dangerous man. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't, history is hard to read, but. If you think of all the presidents who didn't have a war that we were involved in, he's probably lost the most Americans. I mean, when we're not at war, Americans generally don't die in large numbers. But, I mean, he got a lot of people killed in Afghanistan. He's getting people killed now. And then think of all, think of all the fentanyl people. That doesn't have to happen. No. When Trump left office, we were down to about 400,000 who were coming uh, through the border. We're at 3.2 million now. Now, that bill is ridiculous because Biden can do everything he wants without that bill. And the reality is, if you pass it, who the hell says he's going to follow the parts that uh, stop uh, illegal immigration? It doesn't doesn't follow the law right now. And then Trump will be stuck with 5,000 people a day coming in before he can do anything. I mean, Bill O'Reilly was talking about this bill this morning on his morning message, and he said one of the parts of the bill – would have somebody in the government, which no one can do this, of course, actually keep a tally, Rudy, of how many illegals cross the border a day from, as he pointed out, from Texas to Brownsville. They don't have the manpower to do that, nor the capability of doing that. The bill is an absolute joke. The bill is one large amnesty program. And thank God the House Republicans, who you can't trust all the time, have uh, stood up for this. And i got to ask you this. What the hell does Chuck Schumer do every day, Rudy? What does he do? I don't know. I mean, he, the stuff that he says is like uh, totally uh, ridiculous. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I mean, I knew Chuck when he actually was an effective lawmaker a long time ago. And uh, it's it's embarrassing to see what's happening to him. But what happens he's to people so like him? How, did, how does he go from, like you just said, you've known Chuck for a long time, right? He was serving when time. you were mayor. And I've, other people have said to me, yeah, I like Chuck Schumer. What happens to these people? I don't know. I liked him a lot. I mean, his wife, his wife was my commissioner of transportation for seven years, and she was excellent, excellent. I mean, really hardworking and really good. And during that period of time, I had a close relationship with him, and I did the uh, crime bill with him and Joe Biden. And uh, I had to do it with him because he was of the two of them. He had the one brain. <laughs> Even then, even then, yeah, Joe Biden didn't have oh, much of knows, a run. He knows he he knows Joe's an idiot. He knows it. We, yeah. We've talked about. It. Give me the uh, the latest. What's going on? Give me the latest. What's going on in uh, in Georgia? We now Fannie Hill came out and denied everything. Then she said, "Hey, let me tell you something. These are more racist tactics." And then she came out a couple of days ago and said, "Well, okay, maybe I did do that, but that doesn't change the case." What is the latest with Georgia? The latest with Georgia is, from what I can tell, it sounds like all the allegations are true. Uh, I don't know that they've proved yet, but they will, that the money was, in essence, stolen so they could go on trips. I mean, the minute that happens, she should get indicted. I mean, she she stole the money. And, of course, they they haven't done a search warrant. They haven't treated her like they treat the president. So she could have changed some of the records. They searched me, found nothing except 
the uh, the the Hunter hard drives they didn't want, and they never they never searched these people. These people are allowed to to have the opportunity to change records, but not Republicans. Uh, it's ridiculous. So I think I think it's going to turn out that they're going to have to dismiss the case because the 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 whole the whole genesis of the case is so questionable that it becomes a violation of due process. What was that guy doing down in the White House uh, talking about this case? Uh, let's get the records of that. Right. Let's get the tapes. Right. No, let's they should. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure they were there to talk about timing it with the other three cases. Yep. Because they wanted to jam him up with four trials in the election year. That's hard to do. It's hard to get four trials. I don't know anybody tried four times in one year. <laughs> and somebody running for president? So they had to do a lot of coordinating to do that. And he was down there doing it. Makes it even a bigger conspiracy. If you can prove that, you could prove a conspiracy to violate his civil rights. So I think there's a long way to go here. And they're going to try to bury it in some kind of, oh, it's only personal. They were just having an affair after all. And they paid for each, they paid for each other's expenses. Well, let's see the damn records. Right, let's see the records. Exactly. We believe that. Right, right. Oh, uh, let's yeah. do this. Let, let's take a short break, Rudy. When we get back, I want to discuss some local issues. I just had Mozzie Pillip on for a third time about an hour ago. I heard your interview with Mozzie a couple of weeks ago it was terrific, and also Eric Adams giving credit cards to illegals. We'll talk more with some local stuff with the great Rudy Giuliani right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. Right after this. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I'm chatting all about love. Well, they cheated you like a dog, baby. But the one who had made it so clear all along. I like this one, Lewis. Nice job. Fourth and final hour. Michael Goodwin will be by this hour, too. We're going to continue our conversation with America's mayor, the great Rudy Giuliani, who's a terrific listen, folks, 3 p.m. every weekday on this station. So, Rudy, I had Mozzie Pillip on for the third time. And, look, the first two times I had her on, I beat her up. Why are you a registered Democrat? Why would you re-register? Ba, ba, ba. I held Joe Cairo's feet to the fire. I held Pete King's feet to the fire. But I got to tell you, eight days away now, I can't continue to do that. I need to win this seat. I need to beat Tom Swazi. So today she came on and it was more of what she's done well, why she's the right choice. I can't keep going back to the other stuff because I can't afford to lose next Tuesday. Does that make any sense? I agree with you. I agree with you. I have only one remaining worry, and I wish you would clarify it. I'm pretty clear, I'm pretty clear on it, but it, because I think it's important beyond Trump. 
the, the one comment that she made, the rest of the stuff I think is going to work out. You know, she's gone back and forth, Republican, Democrat. She, she's going to give, give us the vote on leadership. That, that in and of itself is worth something, even if she votes against us later. A lot of the, a lot of the, um, a lot of the pure of heart don't realize, like, you know, when Javits was a Republican senator, they used to say, throw him out. And Bob Dole used to say, I wouldn't be the leader if I threw him out. Right, right. right. You think right. that counts for something? Okay, I got to put up with his damn votes. But I get that first vote, I get about 90% of what I want with that. So that's important, and they should realize that. I, I wish she would clarify, and she's not going to turn against Trump if he gets convicted. Because you've got to recognize that the convictions are phony. If you realize that the cases are phony, what do you think the convictions are? And and that's part of it. I mean, they don't change from crooked prosecutors into honest prosecutors. If a D.C. jury convicts Trump, no more than they change into honest prosecutors. If a D.C. jury uh, finds, you know, 90 J6 people guilty of uh, of nothing more than maybe uh being escorted to, yeah. through the Congress no, by you, police officers. Right, but you know what's interesting of what you're saying is I saw on the news Sunday that there's a pretty big difference. Trump supporters that would, like you're talking about, stab him in the back and turn on him if he's he convicted. I don't get he that. Was. So, But are you telling, has Mozzie Pillip on record saying that? No, I thought, I thought she, she did. She was on record originally saying it. She got on my show, and she, she to my satisfaction, she's pretty much – uh, uh, clarified, clarified it. But if she would just clearly say that those cases are for the country troublesome, and we got to end this uh, dual justice, uh, whether he's convicted or not. I mean, it doesn't matter if he's convicted. He's, he, these cases have been set up to be uh, kind of a fix. And probably the most important thing we have to do, aside from straightening out these wars, is getting a justice system back. We're not putting people in jail who are innocent. I mean, right, this is crazy right, that we're doing right. this. I mean, the, 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 and, it isn't, and you know, you, you no. think of me or Trump, and we can fight back publicly. Yeah, uh, but you, you've got a lot of people who've been ruined. Even even the guys where they went and arrested them at four o'clock in the morning. You you got kids that have traumatic uh, uh, issues over that. The, the, the army comes in to arrest their father uh, for uh, walking into the walking into the Congress. I mean, it's crazy what they've been doing. So I think I've thrown a position on that, not just with me. She does have a group of Republicans, and I know them because I'm very active with America First Warehouse. she got a group of Republicans there who are worried about her. Yeah. I think they're going to vote for her. Yeah. I think they're going to vote for her. But you know, like Trump, they got to vote for ninety percent. Ninety percent have to turn out. Yeah, but listen. In all fairness, uh, I love those guys too, and and I had a book signing there, and your son was with me there. I love Joe the Box. (laughs) I love him. But these people are really, really right. So yeah. So the fact that she's a registered Democrat, that that's gonna, you know, that's gonna burn their ass right away, Rudy. Joe Joe has been good. He's been he's been pushing her, and of course he's getting some resistance. But uh, you want to overcome. That last 10 percent, because it's going to be a turnout election. And frankly, Swazi's a tough, a tough guy. I mean, he's yeah. not an easy rollover. We don't have like a jerky candidate we can just roll over. Right. He's got a great issue, immigration. It's the number one issue. He is weak on it. She's strong on it. She should win. But it's, it's going to be a nail biter.
No, I agree. We've got to do everything we can do to get the last Agreed. vote out for I, I agree. And it is going to be a nail-biter. And you mentioned immigration. He's out there, and he's actually tipping off these migrants what ICE is going to do so you can get away. I mean, to me, right off the bat, right there, he's gone. No more Tom Swazi. Don't care how of nice course. he is. Gone. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like this, it's, all of them are the same here in New York. They're all the same. It's like Hochul's uh, saying, uh, oh, we, we should deport we should deport these people. We don't turn them over to get deported. Right. We have a law in the city and state that prevents turning them over. Uh, the, Cuomo passed this, the, the state one, and, and the crazy uh, city council passed the other one. Well, it's not that, but, 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 but all these politicians, Rudy, to your point, Hochul, Cuomo, Eric Adams, all on record saying horrible things about ICE, calling them thugs. In the meantime, they're our last line of defense. Get these people out of here. They're the ones we need. So let me get to the mayor. The mayor bitching and complaining of this migrant issue, and now it's forced upon him, not from Joe Biden. He never says Joe Biden, the federal government, the national government. Boy, I'm sick of that. Uh, but now, now he wants to give these people Credit cards, $53 million. Even people like Michael Rappaport and 50 Cent, who hate Donald Trump, are saying, you know what? It may be time to vote for a guy like that, because if Democrats are going to be like this mayor, Eric Adams, and ruin this city, maybe it is time to vote Republican. How about that, Rudy? Yeah, sometimes I'm not sure Adams knows what he's doing. I don't know if he puts two and two together. I mean, it... it he he wants he knows he has to cut down on the illegals in the city, but the city is going to go under. And then he does something to draw more of them here. I mean, it's like it's like your brain isn't working. It's not necessary. There's no constituency he's getting by giving them extra money. Uh, unless there's more pressure from the crazy. You were talking about the Republicans who, you know, will never be for Maisie. There's probably a, even a larger group of crazies on the other side. And if you don't you, you don't do every single thing they want, I think they have the Democrats terrorized. They got Biden terrorized, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, see, that's why. Whoever, when, when, whoever when, thinks for Biden. Right. So when, when we talk about common sense Democrats and we've had this conversation, Bob Holden is the only guy, because what happens is when Democrats enter as a common sense Democrat, which is what we thought Eric Adams was, the pressure from from, from the progressives is so immense that by the time they serve, there is no such thing anymore as a common-sense Democrat. Is that fair to say? You're darn right it's fair to say. And I don't, I, you know, I, I, for fear that people will think this is offensive, but imagine we get Fetterman to realize that. Right. But the rest of them can't. Fetterman, I mean, I think it's amazing. He's the one, he's the one that's been the clearest, really, on how, uh, on how the Democrats have gone crazy overboard. So he's out in front of his house. You know, uh, waving the, that was so great, waving the, <laughs> waving the Israeli flag. And uh, I, I was just reading this very uh, big analysis. Of, it, it's, a, it's a poll, about a 300-page analysis of the problems Biden may have that we should emphasize. His problem within the Democratic Party appears to be much bigger than we think. I mean, we he's not supporting Israel. From my point of view, he's double-crossing Israel. Correct. They're going to vote against him because he's supporting Israel. He's doing everything he can to get Bibi to stop and leave as much Hamas as possible. There's nothing more you can do than that. If, if, if it was another guy but Bibi, he would have caved in already. And the guy's given money to the people who want to kill Jews, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. A billion. Huh? Well. And and, but, but they're going to vote against him because he's doing too much for Israel. 
basically he's, he's letting the last, you know, he's letting them live. So they're, they're, they're crazier than we are. Oh, yeah, it's really not even close. Crazy. Yeah, no, no, no. They, they are much crazier, much more dangerous, and they, they're ruining our cities, our states, and our country. I got to run, but I love you. This was a great conversation. You're on for 20 Say minutes. Hello to Michael Goodwin. He's my favorite. Is he I really? Yeah, Michael and I go way back. All right, he's coming up next. I'm going to tell him that uh, you said that, and that's a big, big deal. So there you have it, folks, the great Rudy Giuliani. Check him out 3 o'clock every weekday afternoon. He does an amazing job, and we are lucky. We're very lucky here at WABC to have him, and even luckier on this morning show to get Rudy Giuliani at this time every Tuesday morning. Rudy, baby, I love you. I really do. We'll take a short break, and we'll talk to Rudy's friend, Michael Goodwin, coming up next. Today, PeerlessPoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com, and they do build the world's best boilers. My buddy Pete, got to get Pete on one of these days, see who he likes on Sunday. Chiefs or the 49ers. I'm leaning Kansas City, but I'll make my final prediction coming up on Friday. Okay, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Say something, buddy, Mike. Um, I'm looking at a lot of tapes, dog. We should get dog on this week, now that you said that, uh, Lou. We'll get dog on Thursday or Friday. So Michael Goodwin is uh, right there, him and Devine, the two best columnists in the country. They both work for the New York Post, and I love them both. And not only do I love them both, but moments ago I just hung up with Rudy Giuliani, who's a great guest on this show every Tuesday, and his exit was, I love Michael Goodwin. So it's a big day for you, Mike. When you get Sid and Woody Giuliani both saying nice things about you, you may as well retire just now. I was going to say, that's sort of the end. Why Why chance it? <laughs> and also, your interview with Kilmeade yesterday, which is on this station, was, was great. And uh, this column here, Joe Biden is playing with fire in the Middle East and risking World War III. Take it from a guy who just spent four days in Israel. And I spoke to a lot of people on the ground, a lot, kids teenagers, adults. You and I had a little bit of a tiff a couple of weeks ago because I said Biden is complicit in this war. I still feel that way. You don't, that's fine. Maybe the word, maybe it bothered you, I don't know. But the more stuff that I read from you, the more it seems like you're moving in that direction. The way he's dealt with Iran, who's helped fund this thing, it just seems to me when Biden says he's there for Israel, what he says and what he does, 
Michael Goodwin, two different things. Well, it uh, all, all along, I have believed that there was a, uh, a contradiction um, at, at the root of his helping Israel. I mean, look, in the beginning, I think, and, and this was not just my opinion, but I think the people of Israel felt very grateful for his visit, which I thought was more symbolic than anything, but it was an important symbol. Um, and then, of course, the the, the military assistance in, in terms of uh, munitions uh, for an Iron Dome batteries, for example, and then sending the two carrier strike groups uh, into the region, largely to deter Iran from getting involved. Uh, more lately, I think there has been this this pulling back as the politics in America have worked against his support of Israel. When you I mean, say pull, when you say pull, when you say pulling back, just you know, when you say pulling back, because you've been very, very, uh, you've been correct the way you've, you've detailed it. You're right. Initially, they were they were appreciative. He was there. Blah blah blah. I was just there. I spoke to these people. Pulling it back is being nice. They're pissed, Michael Goodwin. They're pissed. Sure. Sure. I don't look. I don't blame them. I'm I'm pissed. <laughs> I mean, I think that his his incessant demand to protect civilians uh, really undercuts the IDF and it undercuts the mission which he agreed to, which was you must destroy Hamas. He said that himself that uh, there can be no quarter for them, and yet. When the the press and the New York Times and the, the Gazan Health Ministry says, oh, you bombed a hospital, and they make stories up, and they, st- they keep using the health ministry's death statistics, which even if they were true, they don't distinguish between terrorists and civilians. They just lump them all together as though they are the same. Well, that should tell you something about the Gazan Health Ministry. It does not recognize Hamas as a terrorist organization, because Hamas controls it. Um, so you go, you go UNRWA, all of these things. The United States funds UNRWA. I read a number the other day, something like $750 million since Biden took office. Uh, I mean, these things just multiply. And I think, uh, frankly, uh, said that the biggest problem now for Biden is he is afraid of losing the election because of his support for Israel. Now, that's hardly the only issue he has, but it is one where it cuts across the Arab American vote in the upper Midwest, particularly Michigan and uh, Minnesota. And you, you see it from Rashid Tlaib and Ilan Omar. He's now got to please their constituents. Now, what is that constituency? You know, I, I think we're all sort of loath to say it, but it does seem that the Muslim American vote is very much, at least generationally, predicated on supporting Hamas. On, on being anti-Israel. That is, that is against the American policy since 1948. And yet here we have a group of Americans who, uh, mostly immigrants or second generations, have basically said to the president, you know, if you don't pull away from Israel, we're pulling away from you. I mean, there's actually a group called Abandon Biden, which is an offshoot of CARE, the the Islamic uh, so-called civil rights group, also unindicted co-conspirators in a terrorism case. Uh, but 
they are pushing Biden and, and getting younger Muslim Americans not to vote for Biden because of his support for Israel. And so I think that has made the president scared. And so I think he has now tempered his support for Israel more and more. It's almost like every passing day. And so the latest is this incessant demand for a Palestinian state which is just lunacy oh, in the context please, please. of October 7th yeah, and, yeah. and of what's going on with Iran. I mean, yeah. he is not confronting Iran. No. Taking, trying to you know, fire some missiles at the Houthis, and that's fine. But this all comes from Iran. You're gonna, if you want to kill the snake, you have to cut off the head. And he won't do it because he's still enamored of that uh, uh, Obama idea that you can bring Iran into the community of nations. It will be a stabilizing force, blah, blah, blah. So let's bribe them. Let's let, let them have their oil sales to Russia and China and everybody else. I mean, it, it's a disgraceful policy. It has failed every time consistently. And this is how Iran finances these groups. It directs them. It gives them munitions. I mean, how much more evidence does Joe Biden need before he understands Iran is the problem? He shouldn't need any more, uh, to be honest. And uh, I did a, uh, a story in Israel Thursday in Jerusalem, Michael, with the Israel National News. If I didn't send it to you, I'm going to. Because the headline, it's a very, very long column. I talk about Trump, what a great job he's done with Israel, how Biden has basically double-talked America. He's not pro-Israel, not by his actions. And I talked about this ridiculous notion of a two-state solution. How many Israelis have to die in pizzerias or on buses or in kibbutzim before we figure out it's not about the land? These people want dead Jews. They don't care about the land anymore. They, and they never did. They want dead Jews. But I want to go back to the Houthis and these other groups. You know, they've killed Americans, right? They've killed American yeah. people. And what are we doing? We go with them. You know, we, we shoot at their uh, these tactical missiles aimed at headquarters and other spots. I hate to say this. It's going to sound really nasty, Mike. But if an American dies, why not kill one of their people? Why Why is it okay for them to kill our soldiers? But we do this kind of wussy, tactical airstrike that hurts nobody. How is that okay? Well, and we telegraph it for a week so that uh, someone said anybody who didn't get out of the way deserves to die. I mean, you gave them enough time to get away. Um, Look, I, I, I agree with you that this is not the way that is going to change them. I mean, Biden very much, as he says, wants to deter. So we, we're always sending messages. We don't want to escalate. We just want to deter. But you, it's not deterring them. So you have to send a different message. And the message that Trump sent is we're going to kill you. And we did kill you. We killed Soleimani. We killed the, He was the head of the terrorism uh, unit in Iran. He, uh, Trump said we have to take him out. And that's the kind of thing that got Iran's attention. What Biden is doing is just signaling to them, I'm afraid, that you can go a little further. I'm not there yet. I'm not there where I want to confront you directly. I'm just trying to pick on your your proxies, your your antenna out there. Uh, I'm not going to go after you. And so, therefore, I think the message that Tehran gets, and we have to remember who we're dealing with here. These are these are people 
the, the mullahs, they will destroy the world in order to get what they want, which is to destroy Israel and the United States. And so they are not deterred unless they are stopped. They will not stop voluntarily. That's, I think, the message that Joe Biden does not yet believe in or understand. One thing you talked about yesterday with Brian, that if you don't mind, I want to take a short break and keep you for like five more minutes to talk about some of these local issues, including the mayor. Sure. Uh, this, uh, this deal on the table, which I wasn't even aware of fully until you talked about it on Kill Me Show yesterday. Great job by you, Mike. With the Saudis, can you talk about this? Sure. Look, it is uh, what Biden wants to do is to have a two-state solution, right, a Palestinian state immediately after the war. Uh, and in exchange, what Israel would get as a sweetener for agreeing to that is that the Saudis would normalize relations. Now, remember, the Saudis were going to normalize relations before October 7th. October 7th was, as Hamas admitted, was a warning to the, those who would normalize. So it was clearly aimed at the Saudis, right? Don't go close to Israel. You know, all those others who did it before in the Abraham Accords, that's it. No more normalizing with Israel for Arab governments. That was the statement. And so the Saudis would normalize. They have now increased the price of normalization, which is not just a Palestinian state, which they did not demand before October 7th, uh, and they want American nuclear technology for civilian use, of course. Oh, the, king of, the king of oil <laughs> wants nuclear technology, uh, and they want American protection. They effectively want an American defense umbrella. Uh, and what, what this would do effectively would give a Palestinian state, give normalization to Israel. Uh, the problem is, who is going to govern that Palestinian state? And what do you do about Iran? Nothing. And, and I would just say one quick detour, Sid. Lindsey Graham has become a real problem on this issue. He has been to Saudi Arabia numerous times, and there is a chance that the Saudi portion of this, at least, would require a treaty. Which uh, so that it couldn't be changed by a new administration, and that, that of course would require Senate ratification. Lindsey Graham is telling everybody in Washington and the Saudis, probably Israelis too, I can deliver fifteen or twenty Republican senators to <laughs> vote for this treaty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a real issue uh, that is, I think, sort of cooking in you know under the radar in Washington, but it's a very big deal in the Mideast right now. I mean, everybody uh, sees this coming. And as I say, Iran would be untouched. No good. And so yep. how do you solve the problem you know, of Iran? Without Iran, you could possibly have a two-state solution. Right. But not with Iran. Agreed, 1,000%. Lindsey Graham, one of those guys that one day I like him, one day I don't. He does not, <laughs> I'm being serious, Mike. He doesn't have my consistent. Yeah, he's just, and he's such a warmonger that, you know, he makes John Bolton look like Mary Poppins. Anyway, I want to take a short break. When I get back, we'll continue the conversation with the great New York Post columnist Michael Goodwin. The mayor wants to give migrants credit cards. He wants to reward them, I guess. That's what you get if you beat up cops in Times Square. Michael Goodwin with Sid Rosenberg coming back. Celebration, Mr. Blue Skies up there waiting, and 
Away overnight. This song, Who Is Your Daddy, was a favorite of my late great partner, Bernie McGurk. He used to sing this song on the air. Who's your daddy? Toby Keith, gone at the age of 62. This goes out to Bernard. More with the New York Post columnist, Michael Goodwin. So, Mike, what happens in the city is when somebody does something bad, a group of people, okay, a group of people, Eric Adams is always quick to remind us that they're the minority. It kind of reminds me of Obama during a terrorist attack. You know, he he never really was concerned about how we felt. It was more of, please don't hate your Muslim neighbor. I hated that. So Adams is quick to remind us that even though these migrants are doing some bad things these days, it's a very small number, very small number. So if I want to give these people credit cards and spend $53 million, you got to understand, for the most part, they're good people. They need to work. We need to take care of them. Does he realize when he does stuff like that, he's committing political suicide? Uh, well, I don't know if he thinks of it uh, as political suicide, but I think he's really setting the city up for uh, a decade of trouble. I mean, you cannot simply bring in a couple of hundred thousand people who are unvetted um, and just say, well, they'll they'll just fit right in. Uh, And as you and I have discussed before, Sid, I mean, the border is still open. They're still coming. So the more you do for the people who are here, the more people are going to come here. You have invited them with your generosity, with your leniency, with your open checkbook. Why wouldn't they come and get it? I mean, that's the signal he's been sending all along. And every now and then he'll change course and do something sensible about it. But then the next day he's back again with a new incentive. I mean, I cannot follow his thinking on this. I have no idea what he what his big picture idea is, because everything he has done has been to make it worse. 
I mean, this this latest thing of the cash credit cards, you know, who wouldn't come here? You get a place to stay. You get free health care. You get all kinds of other goodies. And we're going to now give you a credit card with money on it. Hard to believe. I mean, as, as somebody said the other day, well, if you want to make sure they have enough food, et cetera, whatever, why don't you give them food stamps? Yeah. Why are you giving them cash <laughs> on a credit card? I mean, you know, there are all these uh, bikes outside the uh, the Roosevelt Hotel, uh, scooters, you know, motorized, electric for the most part. Many of them are illegal. Now, if you or I rode one of those down Fifth Avenue, good chance the cops would stop us and confiscate the vehicle. And yet they sit there uh, as though there's a different set of rules for the migrants. I mean, and you add this influx now on top of the crime wave the city was already seeing. And so you're getting more and more crime. Oh, aren't we shocked that some of these young men, and that seems to be the bulk of who are coming, were members of gangs in Venezuela and Colombia? Gee, who would have guessed that? (laughs) I mean, these are societies that are collapsing. People are coming here. Yes. Oh, they just want a better life. That no doubt is true for many of them, which is why immigrants have come to America from around the world for 200 years. But America, our immigration system should not be a suicide pact. And that's what it's become. Open borders come on in, and here you see the results. You know, that we can't, we can't afford to take care of destitute Americans. There are lots of policies that ideally we could implement if we had the money, uh, but we don't. But now suddenly we're taking money we don't have. We're borrowing more money to give to the immigrants. Who came here illegally? Their first act was to break the law when they crossed the border without permission. I mean, this, 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 you have to think sometimes this can't be true. I must be making this up. Right, you there can't must even be write some it. Some logic I don't uh, understand. You're right. There you, isn't. No, you can't even write it. So to wrap up this uh, great conversation, and I really do think the world of you, Michael. You're brilliant. That it's no surprise to you that even though Andrew Cuomo was basically forced out of office, right, and it was an embarrassing time for Cuomo. After not long before that, being the guy that a lot of folks thought could be the next president of the United States. But with everything you just said about Adams and the way the the shape the city is in right now, no surprise to you that these early polls, if in fact Cuomo wanted to run, he's beating Adams by as much as 30 points? It's not really a surprise. I think it's not so much a, a commentary on the bad things that Cuomo did. It was the sense that you know people are giving up on Adams uh, and they're looking for an alternative. Um, I guess the good news in those kinds of polls is that they're not particularly interested in the Maya Wileys and the other far leftists right. who ran against Adams in the Democratic primary. Agreed. Uh, so I think the good thing is the p- public is looking for an alternative to a mayor who is just sort of perplexing in his decision making. Would you say then de Blasio left and I think most people agreed he was the worst mayor of all time? And Eric came in, and the expectations were high. Former cop, 
talked about combating crime, which, by the way, the numbers are down. i got to give them credit where credit is, too. Sure. But, but it took a while. It took way too long, I think, for New Yorkers. And the perception is, and perception matters, that the subways are still too dangerous. And the city, quite frankly, is still too dangerous. So would you would you say at this point that two-plus years in, as crazy as this sounds, that Adams is not much better than de Blasio? No, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, but but the, I think the the right question is, is he good enough? Um, and uh, I would say, no, it, it's not working very well. Um, and yet, let me just give another quick example, Sid. Congestion pricing. I mean, he's just, where is he on congestion pricing? Where, I mean, the city is in an uproar over this. All these different groups coming out, opposing it, filing lawsuits. Where's the mayor? Where is the mayor as the state comes in and takes money from city people uh, to give to the subway system, which can't even control theft of services, which makes which is like a joke. Nobody pays. So now congestion pricing. If, if there's all that money in commuters pockets, why isn't it going to the city? Why is it going to the MTA? Where is Eric Adams? I mean, he doesn't say a word on these things. That is true. Uh, excellent job, Michael Goodwin. Thank you so much, and please keep coming back. You're a great, great writer and a great voice. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Sid. My man, Michael Goodwin, New York Post columnist, and he raises some very, very good questions. Where is he? Those are three words. Where's Hunter? Where is he? Congestion pricing and a few other things that uh, Michael brought up. That was a really good summary of Joe Biden at the national level, and Eric Adams at the city level. Michael Goodwin, thank you so much. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Once again, happy 62nd birthday to Axel Rose. 62, right? That is right. You know what's weird about that, Lewis? Let me see. Many things. No. No. Ready for this? No. This goes back to the Gene Simmons 27 book where... Oh, now I am ready, though, right? (laughs) I'm ready for this. They all died at 27. Morrison from The Doors and um, Jimi uh, Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Amy Winehouse, Winehouse. Kurt Cobain, a bunch of them. Well, 62 is a big number today because today Axl Rose turned 62. And just a few hours ago, overnight, we lost a mega country superstar, Toby Keith, who died at the age of 62. 
And Axel was born in 62. Oh, my God. You got to play that number. <laughs> right. 62. Got to play it. Well, odds are, if you have looked at the lottery quick odds, Sydney, the rock and roll world Simmons. would tell you. It's uh, a good Gene Simmons. The conservative party has cashed in quite often on that number. Yeah. So I think I need a uh, new suit for Saturday. I don't know. I think I want to wear like the Israeli colors. In a suit. Yeah, I mean, I've got a black talk and a black suit, so i got to call a boot or go to the, the, the garage in Brooklyn and see Anthony. I don't know. But well, if anybody have, has it. They're going to have that ready, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> They'll have it ready. Yeah. I'm Sid. You're crazy. All right. That's how you They'll make it. In. They'll make it ready. Well, what are you going to do? Like, um... Like you're gonna be like that girl at the Grammys who wore the big yellow ribbon. No, in her not dress? that. But like the last when I, when I uh, was hanging out with Trump, for example, and I was hanging out with him with the yeah, 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 that we know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that night he called Inna Vernikov up on stage, <laughs> the great right. Brooklyn councilwoman, and she was wearing this beautiful dress with the Israeli colors and the Israeli flag on it. Do you, you remember could, that? You could wear that dress. I could, I guess. Yes. It is 2024. Nice. Change of pace for you. Now. <laughs> yeah, right. You never know what you're right. going to feel most comfortable in. Right. And right. it would be quite a statement to the party. <laughs> so they would be saying you're very well, open. Right. Well, I've done it once already. Once, well, once was enough. But, uh, <laughs> but the once. colors, I mean, you know, yeah. the colors were cool. Maybe they could uh, make something like a... The flag on the jack. I don't know. I don't. I'm just thinking about stuff. You know. Well, you have already a, a blazer that is kind of that color. You can maybe alter that. I do have that. Yeah. I already use an article yeah. of clothing you have. So you I'm thinking about purchase a brand new, entirely new. Right. Cost me a lot of money. Right. Right. right, right. I don't need that. No. I don't have it to be honest. Oh. Okay. To borrow it from you, you got all that money for your birthday. <laughs> I don't yesterday. have anything. I have shekel. <laughs> you still have shekels? I have some shekels. No, you mean the coins or actual bills? I have some bills. I got I got some shekels. That's funny. Wow. Well, uh, we'll use them when we go back to Tel Aviv this summer, <laughs> yeah. which we are going to do. Uh, we're done. We hope you enjoyed this great Tuesday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning, and it was great. Just for starters, Judge Janine, Pete King, Curtis Sliwa, and more coming up tomorrow. Lou Rapino, amazing job as always. Justin Ellick, Noam Layden. Joe Nolan, excellent work, and Curtis, the whole crew. God willing, as my dear friend Gene says, we'll all be back for a 6 a.m. Wednesday show tomorrow morning. So until then, New York, from all of us to all of you, peace!